Okay, because we're going again with my friend Scott Hogarth. Yeah, man. Awesome, brother. Scott, thank you so much for coming down here. I know it's a hassle. Uh, love no, that you're here. No hassle. No hassle. And like I said, friend is what it's all about. It's always been about. Um, I felt like you were my brother from day one, so there wow. you go. We yeah. met each other, I don't know how many years ago. Long time, a, long at, time. I guess a tournament or something, yeah. or I went Without to Ron's or something. But I'm it, getting goosebumps. No tears, though. It was No tears on the podcast. It was, it was, so, <laughs> we'll it was so spectacular. <laughs> truly, truly. It, you, you get to know people and their heart and, and what they're about. And I've always liked his, his heart and what he's always about. And then yeah. ha having the opportunity to work with him as a stunt coordinator and looking after me and stuff like that. I watched him look after people. Things yeah. like that are really... He's that. He's that guy. Things like that are really important. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we can end this now. People don't get that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, funny. I agree. I agree. He's a I bit of an anomaly. I don't, yeah, yeah, sure I don't know is. if you're aware of it, but uh, we were, Scotty and I were talking uh, just a few minutes ago about... Um, a Gushers commercial that he did. Yeah. Uh, if you look up on YouTube. With the fruit head thing. Yeah, 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 yeah I man. remember you telling me that. Fruit Gushers karate. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I was in a meeting with the director. I was actually at the casting session. And the director says, so what are the chances you have, you know, this, like a big guy with a, you know, th that long quintessential martial arts gear <laughs> who could go, <laughs> I said, I got the guy. <laughs> and I, I phoned Scott. And he was at the dojo. And he literally hopped in his car and drove downtown to the casting session wearing his gi because he was teaching. Oh, my God. Yeah. Came in and did it. He did the whole thing, and the director just beamed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah that's great. awesome. It was a good session. It was a lot of fun, too. I think it was Sonny Tang that did some of the <clears throat> uh, spectacular the stunts and stuff yeah, like that. Sonny Tang sounds like one of the gusher flavors. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> Oh, he was a good martial artist, man. Yes, I'll tell yeah. you, very good. It was a great time. Right on, man. I enjoyed it. And any other time, we've done fight scenes together. And 100%. We've done all kinds of things, and it's it's always been good. I've never had a bad experience on set, except maybe. Well, no, you can't speak bad about the dead, so I'll just be quiet. <laughs> well, I'm interested in this. Da David Carradine. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, you had a bad experience on uh, Kung Fu? Oh, yeah. I was coordinating the fight scenes on Kung Fu, on the, on the thing, on the movie. And uh, I, he, I taught him to do something, and he stepped on the lead actor's throat. Ooh. And put him out of commission for two days and knocked, and knocked down production for two days. And you know how much the producers like that. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't it's good. Not, yeah, it's not good. And that was because of uh, in slight impairment, I would think. Right. <laughs> right. Wow. I don't like to speak wow. ill of the dead, so neither will I. <laughs> but um, I did a, a whole bunch of those episodes. I doubled the sun on the show and... Um, um, yeah, I've actually had to hold David up between takes. Yeah. Oh my God. But I love him. I, yeah. I had such fun with him. I really did. I I was a little. I was once a young man, young boy, who would put on his gi, order Chinese food. We had it down to a science. They would bring the food. We'd kneel down, eat in front of kung fu. Yes. So to grow up and become a full-grown man, and I get to work four years with David Carradine on that show. 
is a blast. Ah, uh, grasshopper, you have grown. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a legend, right? I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, absolutely, absolutely, and and I guess anybody can get bit by what's nasty, right? So right. You, yeah, you yeah. Can't you can't? We don't know what him. he went through. We don't know no. what he's. You know, you can never put yourself in judgment because it happens to everybody. It just was unfortunate that day, right? On the other hand, the nicest person I think I've ever met as a big actor was Richard Mall. Richard Mall. Richard Mall. Oh, oh, Richard Mall. Full from, from, from Night Court. Night Court, man. Oh, we, I don't know. Tall, bald-headed fellow. We did oh. the we did the movie, and he did the thing where I stacked the things, and he's got the guy in his hands, and he's holding them up, and it looks like he's holding them in midair. It was spectacular. <laughs> it was spectacular. But he, I ate my lunch and, and dinner, and sat and talked to that man almost exclusively. What a brilliant guy. Cool. And a lot of That's fun. That's cool. A lot of fun. He was always laughing. He always huh. had something good to say, never was nasty, treated everybody right. I he looks like a funny guy. Yeah, he, he was. He was humorous. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, anytime you could sit and talk, it was great. But you opened that door for me. Well. You know, you did. You Between you and Jalal, right? I mean, right. Like I said on an earlier podcast, I can get you in the door, but you yeah. have to have the moxie to stay in that room. If you don't have that, then... That I can't do anymore. No, you obviously had way more, and, oh, yeah. and you stayed in that room. I did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. Very right, cool. Right down to doing different commercials and different things. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a good period in my time, but, but I didn't rely on it as my financial being. So well, you've got a very successful martial arts club. Yeah, well, that's that's where I put most of my energy too, and. Right now, my wife's doing most of it. <laughs> I, I turned to 70 and have two steel hips, so she's the one that's out there performing and doing most of the martial well, she's, arts. She's incredible. I'm, I'm yeah. there on Thursdays. and Yeah, she's done some pretty spectacular things in her career. Um, I remember going to the States, and she entered uh, in a non-handicapped uh, division, and she has RSD. Uh, so she has a restrictive energy, nerve energy to her hip. And she went down there, and it was a big tournament. Uh, Bill Wallace was there. I can't remember who else was there. It was all kinds, because we went out to dinner with Bill. And uh, she went out and performed, and she beat everybody in her division, 45 people. Wow. Yeah, and she, she beat them all. And the guys and girls, brown belts. Fabulous. Like, uh, it was fabulous. And Mars martial arts really turned her life around. Oh yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. She. Yeah. It did. It did. When I first met Tammy, I was working in a bar. <laughs> nudge, nudge. <you> know. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, you guys worked in bars. Funny, funny oh. how that. Funny <laughs> how that. <laughs> funny how that worked. So I'm working in the bar, and this one of my guys comes up to me, and he says, "You know, he says I got this girl you got to meet. He says she's really nice. Her name's Tammy." I said, okay, let's bring her in. So the next night I'm out there working and I see this girl kind of leaning up against the bar, you know, moving and dancing and walk over and it's Tammy. So I went, oh, this is very cool. I'm enjoying this. Uh, let's, let's, let's dance. So I kind of noticed when I was dancing with her, she was a little bit, you know, unbalanced a bit, right? Mm -hmm. Next day I picked her up and here she came out, and she's on two steel crutches. Yeah. And oh, she wow. Was, she was told she'd never get any better. She would always be on those crutches. So the first day and our first date, I took her out just 
into Cambridge, actually, to the Western store and bought her a pair of cowboy boots. <laughs> that was our that was our first date, and then we went to lunch at the Mohawk. Right? She's like, "Oh man, this is who I have to be now." <laughs> <laughs> and it just it just snowballed after that. We just got along, and she didn't train for about four years, and then she got the bug. Ah. And okay, so she was there watching and hanging out and learning from you a little bit. Yeah, and then said, hmm. yeah I didn't marry one of my students. She so. had to keep up <laughs> at home. She, I, I imagine, she, too, <laughs> that it, it frightened her or something, or she was apprehensive given her uh, state. To a certain extent, she was. And I, and I handed her over to Sandy Graham. And at the time, her name was Sandy Graham. It's now Sandy Spencer. Wonderful lady, great martial artist. Uh, she took Tammy and worked with her. And I went home with Tammy at night and listened to, oh, I can't do this. I'm so sorry. It hurts so much. And I go, suck it up, buttercup. If you want to train in martial arts, uh, you're not going to get that sympathy in from me. It's not happening. So <laughs> it's going to work every day, and you're going to work every day, and this is going to happen. Well, she did, and she hasn't stopped since, right? Yeah, and she's... A killer. Last time in Okinawa, she graded to her fifth den. Sensei, Sensei graded her to in Sanchin, and it was the only thing that she had had trouble doing was grabbing the ground evenly with the RSD and locking mm -hmm. in, and she did. And I went, yes! Ha! I love it. Fucking A, man. <laughs> and she, and she, she made it, and she has never looked back. Uh, she threw away the canes, the crutches, I've got a stack of canes, I literally a stack of canes that she picked from and she doesn't use anymore. They just sit there. Oh, my God. So, and just so everyone at home knows, you have canes because of Hapkido. Not yes. necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I have <laughs> canes because of Hapkido and because I have two steel hips. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to work with her, right? But yeah, she's done amazingly well. And, and Incredible, like man. She gives her energy to the kids. We haven't had any children, she and I, and uh, her kids are our karate kids. And our dojo is run like a family. There is no question. Once a black belt gets a black belt, he's my little brother. He's not just a black belt, not just the guy on the street. He's a member of my family, right? So it's really important. Stuff. Love nice. it. That's nice. That is an important thing, eh? Oh, yeah. In, in, so in a school like yours, that is extremely <laughs> important, I imagine. All that and your is. club's named? Is Fighting Griffin Martial Arts in Milton, Ontario. It is, and uh, we teach more of an Okinawan style of martial arts than uh, Japanese style of martial arts. I've although I've trained and hold black belts in both. Um, the Okinawan style is more personal, and is more attention to detail of mistakes, not just keeping constant graph. It's it's more about thinking why you're doing something and why you're participating like that what it is that you're doing and so the uh they call it bunkai and bunkai is not a good word it's purpose the purpose of kata in okinawan arts for me was more internal energy and strength and learning how to just plain and simply move well so it as far as i was concerned it was better and it was more personal it was one-on-one, -on -one, me and my instructor, Tayama Zenshu. It was one-on-one. -on -one. Where the karate was, 
the sense they stood at the front, the Japanese karate stood at the front and dictated what you did and you did it and did it all class. And there wasn't as much attention to you and to the detail of what you were doing. So it's a little different in interesting in understanding. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, you know, you know firsthand that I explain what it is you're doing with that weapon, right? Or Big whatever. time, man. <laughs> Big time. You're deep, though. It's you're it's, a certain type of deep. Um, I imagine that um, your style of teaching and education is a bit of a lost art. I, I hate to say that, but you, you're kind of right. A lot of people have gone for the big buck mm -hmm. and lots of money. And yeah. uh, some of it has been lost, right? Some of the that personal energy to it has been lost and that's that's just too bad <clears throat> yeah I, I look back 30 years at Ron Day and some of the great martial artists that have now passed away and some of them that are still here that are still working like Sensei Guest he's mm -hmm. he's a phenomenon um, he and Sensei Toyama although Sensei Guest taught Japanese art and Toyama Sensei taught Okinawan art they got along like a house on fire because since I guess understanding of martial arts is more Okinawan understanding than Japanese. He really teaches you what it is you're doing and why you're doing it. So there's a real uh, deep thought and a lot of years put into understanding what they do. And then... then that comes from someone who has passion for what they do. Well, yeah, it takes over, right? Yeah. Like you got to be careful sometimes because you can get too focused. I have another life. I do other things, right? So it's not just martial arts, but right. it, it could easily be. Yeah. It does, it does hold your focus, right? Well, I mean, there's so many guys that have uh, all kinds of uh, dojos, you know, under their name, you know, tens, fifteens, twenties. I was just going to mention that, <laughs> saying like when you started, how many dojos were in town? Ooh. <laughs> Think about it. I started in 1973 on East Hastings Street in Vancouver, British Columbia. Iseo Yabanako was my instructor, and he now teaches out of Waterloo. It always kills me when somebody says, oh, yeah, I learned, la, 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 and I go, Who's, what's your instructor's name? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, I, I'm like, huh? What do you mean you can't remember? I bring that in. He was your he was your first influence. He was the first person to influence you, and you don't remember his name. Right. Uh, there's something wrong there, right? Yeah. I say Uyabanaka son was an amazing instructor, a great sensei, and uh, he started me on my road. And then I went to Monty Guest Sensei, and then to Toyama Zenshu, <laughs> and along the way, I've trained with a lot of really good people. You know, Billy Blanks and people sure. like that, Don Jacob. But my point was that when you started, there was one and maybe two. Oh. That's what I mean. One one Japanese, one Okinawan, and maybe one Chinese dojo in all of Vancouver. I mean, it was yeah. there wasn't and a then lot going now on. Now they're on every corner. Yes. So things get watered down. Um. Yes. And that... Here, a little more so because they're watering it down because they want to make money. Yeah, it's become a, they, a, a business. They want it to become a business. That's first in their mind. And teaching martial arts, 
you deserve to make a living, but your mind shouldn't be on how much am I making off of this student. I never deal with business and students. Tammy deals with all the business because I don't ever want to look at somebody and go, oh, Jesus, you owe me last month's dues. Right. I, I, that's, I, Energy should be equal all the way through. All the way through. Your, what you give should be a balance, and they should understand that. So, Yeah, it's a, it is one of those things. But uh, my first dojo... It was quite the dojo. I drew the goju fist on the, on, it was a Japanese goju root. Yeah. And I drew the goju fist on the big window on East Hastings Street. And that was in 1973. So that's, that's when I started. I know what it looks like. Other people can look it up. <laughs> so you've, you've been at your club now 35 years? I've been at my club. Oh. As fighting Griffin martial arts? Oh, easy 35 years. Okay. I'm 50 years in martial arts. Uh, 73, 2003, 23. I'll be 50 years myself right. in martial arts. Now you, you're 11 times world champion. Well, they'd say 12 now. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's, that's correct, good. This cracks me up. I, I had 12 lucky days. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's and, awesome. And two minutes at a time. So a total of 24 <laughs> minutes and I won 12 world titles. So, uh, it is what it is. I don't think about that too much. I try not to. It it is uh, it's good for advertising, I guess. Yeah, it's good for advertising, but it's also that you you. Yeah, you don't have one of these shirts. <laughs> oh, Your yeah. name on it. <laughs> Twelve times. <laughs> Why don't? What are you doing, Scott? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> holding back, man. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Have some confidence, Scott. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I teach my students that once, when Muhammad Ali was alive, nobody could say, I am the greatest. Nobody could say that because it was Ali saying, I am the greatest. And you kind of had to nod and say, you're damn right you yeah, are. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he, was, he was my hero as a child, right? He was my boxing hero. Okay. I used I used to watch him move and think he can stand there for two minutes and not let anybody touch him in a ring. How does that happen? He was amazing, but he hmm. was the man, right? Muhammad Ali. And, and he said, I am the greatest. Well, you know what? I gave it away to all my students. I said, now that he's gone, you all can say this. Put your hand up in the air and go, I am the greatest. And they did, man. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, it, That's awesome. I mean, why not? Absolutely. You totally. Sh you should think of yourself as being at least <clears throat> as good as anybody else. And if you don't, you're wrong because you are. Well, you know, every... I no, I love that. You know, what people don't, what people, people don't realize is that someone like Muhammad Ali it started as a baby like we all did and they're just humans and... We all have uh, we all have exceptional inside of us. We just have to find it, get it, grow it. Every yeah. human being in the world has something special. And uh, my my period on the ambulances taught me that. Uh, it's, okay. a, it's a very different energy, a very different uh, part of life to see people at the very worst, but. Everybody has something special. I remember picking up Mr. Kitchen's son, who uh, had uh, 
was was badly set back in his development. Um, I don't like to use terms, right? Because I'm cause, with you. Because I think that any human being can't be limited by a doctor's suggestion. If that was the case, Tammy would still be on two crutches. Yeah, correct. Man, there's a lot of people to right, and, and, a, and a lot of people I know wouldn't even be walking, but they are. So totally. <laughs> so this this became a real big thing for me was to to realize that everybody has their value and Mr. Kitchen's son although seizured a number of times we picked them up we took him there Mr. Kitchen by the way was the head of the ambulance um, dispatch <clears throat> he was the boss there but he also had a child that needed help and we were the crew that took him he couldn't stop talking about us because we had a good time with his kid, right? And at the end, the kid looks up at me and, and couldn't speak very well. But he goes, I love you. Uh-huh. I went, <laughs> as I walked out and I realized everybody has something special. That kid just made me feel incredible. Yeah. Did I mention no crying on the podcast? <laughs> it's the tough one. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> but yeah, stuff like that makes you realize, hey, wait a minute. This person is really special. Yeah. And so is everybody else. Just give them a moment. Give them time, right? Unless they, you know, go out and perform to be an absolute dick, which a lot well, of people can be. Yeah. Um, give them a moment see why they're special invest some time if you think that person's worth it i know randy's invested a lot of time in some people to get them to do some of the things that you get them to do right Mm -hmm. absolutely so you see like i see rough diamonds when i see some people are really rough around the collar and rough around the ears but they're diamonds they're they're real people with real energy and there's something about them that makes them special. And it's, it's, it's a good observation to understand that that exists for everybody. Nobody is without being special. Some people just can't see it. Hmm. I love it, man. Right? Just listening to you speak just goes to show what it's like to be at your dojo doing things with you and your hmm. clan. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, That's how I see there's it. There's a anyway. lot of students that are really lucky to have that. Yeah, man. Big time. It's a lot of fun. watching kids grow watching them develop I mean we get them when they're like three and a half four years old they're still with us 15 years later and they're the top senpais in the dojo and they're teaching and out there and helping other kids and and seeing them hold a little kid's hand and you know for the benefit of anyone listening what's a senpai? Uh, senpai is number one son basically is what it's called so the senpai is the closest person to the teacher. So even though my wife is Renshi and about to be Kyoshi, she is also my senpai. Okay. So, so, it's, so it's, she is the one and, and... Next in line. And probably soon to be my dai senpai, the person that will take over for me. Now, can you just explain everything you just said? (laughs) (laughs) Senpai simply means number one son. This is the person I would turn things over to. So we have senpais and we have O-senpais, which are the major brown belts and that are getting ready for black belt. Nobody in my school is called sensei until they've earned it. 
Sign say he comes at third degree, not at first degree. You don't walk into a club and put on a black belt and get called sensei. Sensei is an incredible term. It hmm. means the person who has gone before. So this is about someone who has given his life to do what we do. So therefore, you don't just give the term away lightly. You don't just call somebody sensei. And sensei guess told me that probably 30 years ago hmm. when I was on my crusade to be better, stronger, tougher, fighter, bigger, tougher, greater. <laughs> and I went to England to train with some of the guys in England and he gave me a black belt to go there and train. <clears throat> so I was a brown belt at the time. I was a sun fight. He gave me a black belt. So I went there and immediately got into a cheetah club and immediately punched out the number two guy in England. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh yeah, I had a great yeah, time. That's funny. Nice. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, he was a good guy. Uh, the club was in Chertsey, a little little community south of London, and uh, I had a ball. <laughs> Man, cool. And you went to Japan? Oh, been to Japan many times. Japan is uh, my second home. Always home. for the same reason, or why? Um. The last time I went was the best reason. Okay. The last time I went, which is probably time 12 or something that I've gone, um, I, had, I was able to take Sensei Guest with me uh, due to a, a good friend. Uh, Paul did a great job uh, taking us and getting us to go. And he, unfortunately, he got ill. A guy named Paul Dogerty got ill, and he couldn't come. So he sent Sensei and I together along to Japan to experience Japan. Sensei's never been there. So I was the guide, and we had a ball, and we went first class and okay. kicked ass cool. kicked ass for about 10 days. It was great. We saw uh, Kyoto and uh, Tokyo and several communities along the way and all kinds of spiritual places. But the very best was introducing him my first sensei, my first sensei to black belt, to my second sensei, to Toyama sensei, and introducing the two of them. That was an incredible moment for me. Having them sit and talk, and both up on the roof of the dojo, overlooking Owase, which was, the, by the way, the first beach that was hit by the U.S. when they embattled Okinawa. Mm. Oh, so wow. if you know anything about it, that's where they were. They're standing on top of the building, talking away with each other. Sensei Guest speaks very little Japanese, and Sensei Toyama speaks very little English. But they talked for over an hour and came down laughing and smiling, and it was one of the neatest moments in my life Neat. uh, to bring my worlds together. Some people find it that scary for them, so they keep their worlds apart. They don't want their senses to meet each other because I, I don't know something bad might happen or something. I don't know. I never get. They, I they never might talk about you. I, yeah, yeah, they, they <laughs> talk about you. I never, I never get the gist. But I, I've always had that same energy, and that was the most wonderful moment. That that's somebody who you were just talking about is somebody who doesn't, who doesn't feel too comfortable in their own skin. That's right. They're not you confident. Know. Yeah, they're not confident enough. You know, and that's, yeah. Fuck, listening to you talk is a Well, what do you thing. train for? What do you train? What does a human being train in martial arts for? Does he train so he can beat the snot out of the next guy? 
Is that why he trains? That's what I thought. That's not. Right. That's that's not why he trains. <laughs> he trains so he's on an even keel with every human being. I can look. Okay. I can look square in the eye of anybody, and I don't care if it's the Pope himself. I have a few beefs with him, so. You could punch him out. I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things, Probably, right? Yeah. But but it, I, <laughs> you know, and I say that, and, and the reason I say that is because they took an amazing uh, life and used it for their own purposes. Right. And that whole thing bothers me, because if you know anything about the truth, the truth is that you know Jesus of Nazareth never taught inside a, a church. He's taught on mountaintops, on, on ships, on places, and he taught people to be fishers of men. Well, what does that mean? That, that, that means to set the example. Right. That means to step out of your skin and, and set the example and stay there. Become, you know, become an integral person. Become a moral person. And, and people will follow you. People will follow that energy. So right from the start, you know, man named God, God, gave him a name. Well, to me, it's the great spirit. Big time. It's the creator. It's not, it's not somebody's terminology. It is what it is. He is the creator. He is the great spirit. You don't need to say, oh, that's my God. I labeled it. Give it to me. That's junk. Right? I don't think that way. I, 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 see nature as being my church i see going out with my dogs and listening to the birds and whistling down the red tails and having a ball outside and be, i that's my spiritual realm that's where i feel strong and whether i'm in okinawa standing on a castle wall or in mexico or in guatemala or Anywhere, Trinidad, walking down the main street with Don Jacob, having doubles and oysters and drinking coconut out of coconuts. That's spiritual for me. That's enlightenment for me. Totally, man. You know, the, the, what, what people have done to the story of Jesus and stuff is insane. You know, well, I can control everything and I can make a hell of a lot of money here. That's exactly what I did. Big time. Right? Well, you can live in your gold palace and you can do all your things, but if we look at the real energy of what religion should be, it should be what we give to each other. And that's just plain and simply love. If you give it, you get it. Well, you've always given it. I try. <laughs> I know. I've known you a long time, man. I, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Life, life, life is like that. It just, just keeps moving. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I, I, love, I love listening to you talk. <laughs> you know, I got to say, though, it's not a far reach from the way he talks. No, I, well, I've always known that we've been close to understanding that way. Yeah, there's a reason for this. There's, right a, here, yeah. there's a spiritual bond between us. We both see First Nations as being first. We weren't first. A lot of people think we were first. Hey, we weren't. Check yourself. Okay. First Nations and, and the worship of the Great Spirit was long before what we decided to do as religious purpose ever happened. 
So if we get back to that, then we're all part of the same pool, right? And we're all going to go to that, the head of the river of life, and we're all going to camp out there at some time and lodge with each other and laugh and joke and tell stories. You know, it may be 10 years or 20 years or 30 years from now, but who knows? We'll be there. That's all I care about. That's all I see. <laughs> the rest is people's en endeavor to make money and to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, an importance. <laughs> I'm speechless. Fuck. Yeah, me too. All I know so. is that if anyone's watching this on YouTube right now, I'm really trying. <laughs> <laughs> this this takes a great deal of, of, of taking care of and it does get to a point where it's too long i'll demonstrate when this gets too long and i'm sleeping and it gets caught underneath my armpit and, oh. I, and I yank it. <laughs> holy crap it feels like somebody's tugging me and dragging me down the street that's hilarious <laughs> well i endeavor to get my beard caught in my armpit yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, mine, mine just mine starts at the bottom of my ass and goes down to the back of my knee. I get it caught. Well, we won't put that on camera. <laughs> I will just leave that alone. You don't want to see it? Okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> That'll be separate. I'll do a separate video. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> nah, it's a killer beard, man. How long were you a paramedic for? Um, about five years total. And is that in the Halton region? Yeah, yeah. in Metro. I, metro? Was a, I was a Metro uh, it wasn't a paramedic. I was an EMT. Okay. I took the paramedical program and could have been easily because um, I graduated straight fours. I, I found that when I wanted to do something, I could apply everything I had to it and, <clears throat> and marks were never a problem. Graduation was never a problem. I had a study group that I took uh, 12 guys that had been on the ambulances for a while and had passed the basic, you know, St. John's ambulance program. But when we went to this, we had to learn anatomy, physiology, electrolytes, bioscience, uh, you name it, we had to learn it. And it was tough for some of the guys, right? So I used to have every day, I used to have at my house on 427 Highway, I used to, my mom's house, we used to have a little session. So there's 12 of us and we got them all through their paramedical training and they still maintain their ambulance positions so no, that's cool yeah well we were told if we didn't graduate you'd lose your job or, or you'd end up just being a driver right so, you know and that's not why you're an ambulance man you're an ambulance man to help people Absolutely. it's not to it's not for running <clears throat> red lights no okay no I, as a matter of fact i'll tell you a story and i had <laughs> i had the guys dying the other day about this one i was coming down 427 highway on a call and south of, uh, is it Dullfield there? And I'm coming flying down the highway, and I got rear-ended. Oh. I was doing a buck 30. Oh, my. And I got rear-ended. <laughs> I pulled the guy over, made him park his car, and said, don't you move. And I kept going to the scene, came back. By the time I came back, we got the guy to the Queensway. I came back, got to the thing. The cop had the guy in the station. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, exactly how did you run into the rear end of the ambulance he asked me if i put on my brakes i said no i was going i wasn't breaking jesus he's crazy he doesn't want breaking breaking the law well a lot of people will do that a lot of people try and get downtown follow the ambulance right so well, that's, really yeah. wow. 
Wow, yeah. I never even thought of it that way. So he was he was he was trying to get hmm, downtown, following the ambulance. <laughs> he was a little too close. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Jesus, wow. And then you were a firefighter as well. Yeah, I was a firefighter in England. Yeah, um, I was firefighter first. I went to England and with the thoughts of getting a job, I didn't know what. I looked in the paper, and the only job in the paper was firefighter. You had to go to this place called Rygate and do your tests and that kind of stuff. So I went and did my math test and my English test, which were really easy. And uh, they were shocked because I was finished in about 10 minutes and handed them the paper and said, yeah, that's right, you can do it. The guy looked at it and he goes, huh. So I was, cho I was one of the 60 guys out of 300 that were chosen to be a firefighter in Staines in Middlesex. Cool. So I went through the live-in three-month training and did all that there. Trained in martial arts as well while I was there. Um, had a great time. And then my mom and dad came for a visit. And my dad took ill and had a heart attack in England. And I thought wow, geez. Uh, I would like to spend the rest of his time with him. <clears throat> so I re-immigrated to Canada and came home. And that's when I became a, a paramedic or an ambulance attendant. Okay. And obviously you were training in martial arts throughout all of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where were you born? I was born at Toronto General Hospital. Okay. Yeah. What got you over to BC? Um, I was a kid who just watched Billy Jack. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> now, I, I've, not, <laughs> I've not seen Billy Jack, but I know the obsession with Billy Jack to my dad i'm so i'm a little i actually i'm a little ashamed i haven't seen it yet well, uh, just because he is so into the movie the first movie you gotta see that's kind of sets up billy jack who he is that's born losers i think wasn't it called yeah but it doesn't really yeah, it does it's not it, the billy jack movie is by far better the born loser sets up his attitude yeah that he's willing to protect yeah he's what's born, willing to go what's that? It's, it's a movie it's a biker movie it's it's a billy jack movie where he confronts a motorcycle gang who's after this one girl. And so it sets up Billy Jack's... Um, protective his nature. His protective nature, absolutely. Yeah. And that he does martial arts, Hapkido, uh, Korean karate to do this. Okay. But it doesn't set up the native community at all, does it? No, not really. So the actual Billy Jack movie that was released, is yeah. th that's the... For me, the epitome of the Billy Jack. Yeah, and he series. did it with his wife. That's actually his wife that he did it yeah. with. Yeah. So it's was quite the quite the movie of the time, and uh, some of the things he did, I could see myself doing, like the trip with a vet and making him drive oh. it into the. I, I I wouldn't have had a problem. Totally, I think I've done stuff like I, that. I have. I there was no I vet have. involved, but something similar. Similar, yes. I have myself. It's. <laughs> See that's well, that's where the, the attraction came in. Yeah, I mean I love native art. Yeah, me too. Love horses, motorcycles, martial arts. I yeah. love all that stuff. Loved his hat. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, two months ago, my daughter made me a headband. It's right there. You didn't get to see his underwear, I, but I bet you like it too. Uh, as, well, it maybe. As far as I know, <laughs> I'm the only uh, white dude in Ontario. I should say white dude. I shouldn't say that. I'm the only non. First Nations that I know who carries a Eagle Staff in the grand session of the powwow. And I've been doing that now for 12, 13 years since my buddy passed away. 
uh, he was my best friend. So that's how I remember him. We went to powwow together, had a great time. He said it was the most spiritual thing he'd ever done. He'd been to synagogue, he'd been to church, and never once had his spirit lifted by anything wow. until he went to powwow. Right? Can you explain why? What like? For I, I don't I don't really know this it's, either. It's 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 you get together and you just celebrate each other. You celebrate being, you celebrate life, you celebrate the nature and existence, right? Uh, I had lost four friends and I have tattoos with their initials on them. All right, eagle feathers. All native feathers. And that's that's eagle feathers, yeah. yeah. Like uh, my children. Yeah, same here. These my children, three feathers. Yeah, well, there you go. The eagle feathers are for all my friends who passed. And I actually have their initials right in the feathers. Um, but when he died, um, I took his walking staff and turned it into an eagle staff. And then I got permission from um, uh, Jim from the East Coast to use a uh, First Nations number so I could put eagle feathers on my staff. Mm. And I've been carrying it ever since. And I took it up the first year and I expected to give it to a First Nations, you know, young warrior to carry. And uh, the chief said, did you make this? I said, yes. He said, did you have any help? And I said, no. And he said, you carrying it. Just like that. Wow. It's a nice honor. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been carrying it ever since, and I've had my son up, and he's carried it, and some of my friends have carried it. And every wow. year when somebody passes away from cancer, because the staff is to represent cancer, I carry it for that. Um, every year when somebody passes from cancer, I add another feather or I add something personal of theirs to the staff to celebrate their life. Unbelievable. It gives me a day of joy. Yeah, I want to see it. It's awesome. I yeah. want to see the staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful staff. I, I, I have pictures of it. I just didn't bring my stuff with me, so yeah, I can, yeah. I can easily give it to you and show you. Okay. Yeah, uh, so Chief, cool. Chief Shining Turtle and I get along very well, and he's from, uh, <clears throat> from uh, Whitefish River First Nations. So he's the chief there, so we get along pretty good. Man, that's cool. Yeah, a neat guy. So you and I, maybe one yeah, of these days, cool. we'll go to powwow together. Yeah, let's do it up. You would love it. Um, I used to do this Wild West show, uh, and I was dressed as a cowboy, got chaps on, mm -hmm. six-gun and cowboy hat. <clears throat> and this native fellow, this indigenous fellow, would bring his family to watch. And then once this huge powwow happened at the CNE, um, his son was getting his first eagle feather. I think he was five. Awesome. And they were going to dance that evening, present the eagle feather to the little boy, and then dance around the fire. Well, he asked, he, he could dance with one older person that he chose, yeah. and he chose me. So I'm getting choked up. Awesome. So, he, uh, <laughs> so I actually went with all my cowboy regalia on and danced with this little boy around the fire in front of thousands of people. I'm, um, I'm going to send you some pictures because <clears> I've danced with the chief's son. In his full regalia. Okay. And I was there and danced and done my thing around the thing. It was. Does anyone dance with the chief's daughter? Or what's <laughs> going on? <laughs> it's a different world. <laughs> it's a different world. And, and dancing's not quite what you think. <laughs> Do you remember Jimmy Flint? 
I do. Okay, so God bless him. Loved him to death. Yeah. Um, that's his rig over my shoulder, uh, his fast draw rig. Um, uh, uh, Jimmy, wow. Yeah, he ran into the father that had brought the little boy to the Wild West show. Now, yeah. this is a, like years and years later, and that little boy now is fully grown, and he was with his dad, and he said to Jimmy, he says, how's my cowboy? Awesome. Awesome. Jim was, Jim was an amazing yeah. guy. Do you know that uh, Jim Flett, I don't know whether you introduced me to him or not. You're doing the night stuff, right? You're, oh, yeah, we were doing that jousting stuff. jousting yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. And he had the white steed. Yeah. And my first black belt in my school is Dave Janot. And Dave Janot is, is uh, Kyoshi, sixth degree black belt, soon to be seventh on. He should have been a while back. Uh, he, when he asked his wife to marry him, he borrowed Jim Flett's white mare. Right on. And his suit of armor <laughs> and the whole thing. And Jim came to the door with and unrolled the scroll. Hear ye, hear ye. This is about the wedding proposed by this. Do you, do you agree, Lord? And he's talking to... So knight in shining armor come to... Talking to Stephanie's <laughs> to awesome. Stephanie's dad, asking permission to it was it was sensational. <laughs> I was there leading the horse. Oh, I that's mean, great! It was spectacular. Her her name was Bar, yeah. <laughs> white horse. That's awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> so we are so connected in so many ways like that. And and the horse thing, I've been doing that since I was 15, 16 years old. I worked at the Circle B Ranch grooming 50 horses every day so they could take the rides out. that was my deal i was a wrangler <laughs> wow and enjoyed hey, it huh? yeah there's a lot going on here <laughs> yeah there is <laughs> yeah there is it's very cool it's a lot of fun man it's a lot of fun you've been good lately eh? you've been doing a lot of stuff yeah yeah i i, I can't stop trying to do something like i don't sit yeah no, you should. I sit. I sit and play Xbox with him sometimes. <laughs> some golf. We play some golf. You know, but or that's, golf in real life. Yeah. No, that, that's a different yeah. ball game. You should play golf in real well, life. Right? Well, we kind of do, but we, we neither one of us have the time. Like yeah, it's yeah. a huge yeah, time commitment. Time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. When we could be doing something else. For sure. Yeah, big time. Yeah. But I mean, there's this. This is awesome. This, it's, it's so much fun. I think this is the best way to spend. You know, two or three hours. This I is definitely enjoyable. Yeah. This is this is very cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, I get to do it with him. Yeah. And he says he gets to do it with me, but what's best is we get to do it with you. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 And I know you separately, right? Yeah. It's and that's, that's what I, that's what I said to you. That's uh, true. Yeah. This young man made me think. Oh yeah. This is directly off of Randy. There is no question. <laughs> this kid has enough drive and enough, but he has enough of himself, and he's strong. He has a strong understanding of who he is. Because when he came to me, he said, you know, I'd like to do this, and I'd like to learn that. And I listened to him real close, and I thought, okay, he's focused. He wants to learn a certain thing so that he can get better, and I had no problem with that. That was great. And you, well, I appreciate everything you you, you, enjoyed you did it. for me and you taught me and all that. Yeah, and I, I was having so much fun. Oh, yeah. You know, I know that 
it's like a, it was kind of a side thing, you know, and uh, it, it ends up for the movie business and, and everything that I do there. But uh, but I had a ball and I do miss it. And, you know, and I, I see your 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 uh, your words of wisdom and everything on Facebook all the time. And I love it. And I I miss you. And I think you're just, you know, you're awesome. And 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 you're in my dad's group. You know, he, he it was his suggestion to go to you for obvious for for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, man, uh, I appreciate what you're saying, and I think and but I think that while I'm I'm his, uh, you know, I I have that because of him. Uh, you guys are friends for the exact same sort of reason. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, there's some, that makes there's sense. something. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. There's some things that just plain and simply make sense. Totally. Yeah, right. Like, you, you get to know when a human being is real. You don't have to agree with everything they do. You don't. You don't. That's that's not important. If you see that their intentions are real that they care, that they love, that they give out that energy, they're worth knowing. They are worth knowing. They're worth spending time and they're worth saying, calling him brother by choice. I have no problem calling that man brother by choice. And you, number one son, I don't have a problem with that one either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? You're a good kid and you've always, and I call you a kid, you're no kid. But, well, but but to but me, comparatively, come to on. me, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I nearly choked on seventy. Trust me. At thirty-five was the last time <laughs> I got totally inebriated, and I'll tell you why. I was halfway to seventy. Now I'm seventy, and I went. I don't sure what all the fuss was about, but <laughs> here I am. Right. You know, at thirty-five, it was looming. I was like, oh yeah, my yeah. god, <laughs> you know. And now I'm there. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not that bad. You know, having fun and enjoying life and. I spend a lot of time with a lot of wonderful people, and um, part of the biggest problem I think our society is having right now is people have forgotten that we were never intended to take on the problems of the world. Okay. Computers and news and all that shit that we are bombarded with, and I mean bombarded with, you can't watch a news without hearing all the gory details of every place in the world. Mm -hmm. We weren't meant to live like that. We were meant to live in our groups and together in our, you know, sections. And if we had to defend, well, we did. And there was no worldwide communication like there is right now. People, people, if they get bombarded, they suck in all of that information our brains aren't built to handle that shit. They're just not. At some point, you got to cut it off, right? I don't own a phone. Really? I don't own a phone. I refuse. Trying to get a hold of you to do this podcast, I've discovered that. Is a pain in the ass. <laughs> I, it, it is. Yeah, we're but, lucky but, that your wife is 15 <clears throat> younger, as you, exactly. years younger than you are. Exactly. She has a phone. Exactly. Well, she has a phone because she basically... Everything she does is on that phone, right? Sure. I refuse. I don't want it. I don't want that connection. I, I much prefer to keep my space small. I talked to my one of my best friends this morning, Billy Brailsford, a rough diamond, 
Hey, how are you doing? He lost his brother. He's living on his own now. Things aren't good. He just has sold his Harley, which shocked me. I'm yeah, like, that's hurt. That's gotta hurt. So I so I talked to him for over an hour and a half this morning, just talking to my friend, just making him laugh and joking and trying to, you know, those communications are much more important than walking around trying to tell the world sucks. You know, yeah. And, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm so tired of the people pissed off at other people. I'm so tired of the the people don't understand what nurses and doctors go through or they would never never say the shit that they say about that group of people and and sure. put them down or or put walls in their way to get to work or that's just junk. I mean, you you're insane. Well, the way I see it, too, is that people, uh, they get brave behind the technology. When they're behind a phone, oh, yeah. a computer, a gun, a car, Yeah, more than, you know, all of a sudden they're like, more than once they'll I said, say or do whatever they want. More than right? once I said, yeah, come out from behind that phone and talk to me. Tell it to exactly, my face. Exactly. Yeah. If And, and <laughs> that's probably why I don't have one. Because I, <clears throat> I like to converse with people one-on-one. Right. If I have a problem with you, I'll bring it to you. I'm not going to bring it to somebody else, and I'm not going to paste it all over Facebook so the world can see it. Like, and who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I mean, I've got like three thousand friends on Facebook. Well, the truth is, yeah, I have probably forty, 40 to fifty yeah. that are real tight that I would talk to on a regular basis and call. The rest are acquaintances or people that I've known or yeah, yeah. people that want to know me past, or, or people I want to know. And the truth is I don't need to understand all their problems and all that stuff. I don't need to live with that. What's interesting about Facebook, um, of course, I have a bunch of friends on Facebook. And I'm similar with the, you know, the heartfelt best friend type things. But um, I, I rarely take stunt people unless I know them, mm-hmm. sort of, because I don't do business over Facebook. Um, but if you're a martial artist, I don't care where you're from in the world. I used to write for all those magazines, mm-hmm. so I still have people that contact me because of that. I have a pen pal, now it's by email, <clears throat> in Australia, who's been sending me letters since he was a little boy, now he owns his own club, and it's, it's been great, a great friendship that we've never met. Um, but the, if the moment someone says, wants to be my friend on Facebook and they're a martial artist, it's instant on. Yeah. Because I, I know their heart. Yes, you do. You know, hmm. you know, at least they've given a good part of their life to educating themselves and to learning. And you can't be a real, and here's my problem, you can't be a real martial artist without understanding integrity. You can't. And if you don't understand integrity, then martial arts, you can't declare you're a martial artist because the two walk hand in hand. You can't have shit come out of your mouth that isn't the truth, that isn't the way you are. It isn't real. And I've found that there are an amazing number of real people around the world who, yes, I immediately take on immediately if, if they're martial artists it's yes i'll talk to you hi how are you what's going on 
but I still don't take on their problems. And I, like I said, we need to go back to our smaller cell of living. You know. Or, well, speaking of smaller cell, how would you guide someone uh, on making the decision to finding the proper place to go and learn martial arts of any type? It, it has nothing to do with the art he's learning. No, I don't imagine. It would be every, the, the person... There has to be the there has to be a connection, and if you <clears> don't <throat> go and take the class and and don't feel a connection to the instructor, they might not know otherwise. You know, they might not know that there needs to be that connection. They they might not, and they might not feel it, and they're going to join there. And I have a bunch of past students who have joined other clubs, who have come to me afterwards and have said. Man, I didn't know. I didn't know this was what it was. And I've had people come and start all over again who actually got the brown belt or black belt in one art and started all over again at white belt because they wanted to learn my way. I know you yeah. know that feeling too. Yeah, I do. No, I know. I, I'm just soaking it in because it's real. Yeah. Yeah. The, the word real, martial arts is not about a victory or a win at a tournament. A victory and a win at a tournament are nothing other than two nights jousting and enjoying the joust. It's not real. Every person that straps on a black belt from my club is real. If they get into it, they will fight and they will fight back with everything they got or else they won't get a black belt from me. And there are so many schools now that don't see that as being the ultimate energy to what they're teaching. In order to give somebody confidence, he's got to stand on that keel and he's got to be able to swing back. It's not, not a matter of throwing the first punch, but it's a matter of swinging back. Are you going to stand there and get beaten to a pulp or are you going to blaster his nose all over his face? What are you going to do? Right? So in the long run... Um, martial arts schools, real martial arts schools are limiting and are starting to fade because society has made it so that if you punch somebody in the nose, you might get sued. If you trip some guy, you might get sued. If the kid trips over the carpet, he might get sued. If the, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Nobody gets hurt in a martial arts school that's real any more than they would doing any other sport. Football was mine, and I got killed in football. I can't tell you the number of times I broke bones, had bruises, mushed ribs. I mean, it was all part of it. But people nowadays, they run schools, and they're scared. They're scared somebody's going to sue them, so they're going to lose all their money. They're going to do this. They're going to – it's just it's, – it's not right. And they sell belts oh, at yeah. greetings so that that guy's – Parents will pay for it again because he looks cute in that. <laughs> yeah, especially about the blue belt. <laughs> yeah, they get, you know, like it's crazy. Has there ever been anyone to try to sell a belt just to anybody? Oh yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? You can go online. <laughs> you can go online yeah, right now. You could. Really? And I guarantee you can buy yourself a black belt from a from a supposed instructor. From a proper, but, well, probably yeah, yeah. not a proper, <laughs> but but somebody that's trying to make. Man, money. I need to get one. 
Oh, yeah, there was all kinds of... Take that paper away from him and stop playing. <laughs> all kinds of scams. <laughs> I'll just leave it alone. <laughs> there were all kinds of scams. I'm not sure what this is. I hadn't even read oh, it yet. You're going to sign your life away when you're yeah, done. Yeah, well, that's pretty right. much. Pretty I much. signed my life away when I first met you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it doesn't hold the, you know, the w water. I, I do have one question. You know, I was a firefighter and I put out a lot of fires. I just don't understand why a human being would light themselves on fire. <laughs> Oh, Randy, did, not, did Andrew not Randy, mention that we're Randy, doing that to you Randy, after this broadcast? Randy, <laughs> yeah. Randy Butcher. <laughs> yeah. I've watched that time slot card thing so many times. Oh, oh yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> that How many times Wonderland. have you been on fire? Uh, 179. 179 times. Uh, and your most recent was? Um, the most recent was the most recent uh, Resident, um, Resident Evil. Evil movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyone who might have seen it, he's when when the big eighteen wheeler crashes, he's doubling the guy, the truck driver that walks into the police station. Yeah, and it's actually a really great moment. It is. Movie. It's kind of it's centered out. It's by itself walking across. All yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Oh, yeah. Good music. All has that. Yeah, that good. was the burn mask I was wearing right over your left shoulder there. Oh right. Oh, that's on. from. Oh yeah. Okay, that's that's from really that movie. Oh okay. Where's your dark man mask? Uh, the dark man mask, it, th that kind of foam, it uh, disintegrates. It just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after a while. Yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty sure every time I walked by it as a kid, I would just pick a little more off yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. It's a little, a little bit every time. He'll never notice until that's, there's a hole. This, until it's all gone. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, well, you know, um, I've lit a number of civilians on fire for birthdays and things of that nature. And um, if you're into it, we'll do it up. Ooh, that might be interesting. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Yeah, we'll make sure to fight that fire when you're ready. <laughs> well, I have, I have something coming up that I thought you might be interested in. My 70th birthday, I was given uh, 20 laps in a Formula One. Oh, trip. Oh, that's cool. Car and uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And, and where is it and when? I think it might be Mossport, right. and I'm going to wait until it's cool because okay. I'm sure a fire suit is hot. Yep. And I don't like being uncomfortable, so I'm going to wait until probably 1st of October. Or nice. So. The, so you have, you, they're putting you in a fire suit to do this? Oh, like a racing suit. Wow, right they're, on. Okay. They're putting me in the whole gear. It's, you, right on. Man. You get, you get that's cool. bundled up, and it's one of the slapstick. Uh, yeah, speed controls, and you just oh, slap yeah, it yeah, and yeah, yeah. pops into gear, and <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and I get a, I got my pick. Uh, I can go in a McLaren, um, Ferrari. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. Lambo they have or Porsche Porsches. Porsches or like that. Yeah, they have Porsches there too. <clears throat> I just well, saw a commercial there. They, they have a great they have, time. They have a street rod Porsche that's very quick that you can take out and zip around the block into and i can choose two or three cars i don't just have to ride in the oh, same oh sick yeah good for you okay. that's, yeah, that's, that's gonna sweet. be a blast yeah i really i'm really looking forward to it, it should be fun it's it's the little bit of daredevil that's still left in me right <laughs> i love it i love, I love that, that. <laughs> well you gotta you gotta do 15 20 seconds of <clears throat> uncomfortable now, uh, now you're, fire you're, you're a big guy like you're tall yeah a lot of those cars don't accommodate guys your height. Uh, I know. 
<laughs> they'll have to slide. I said to him, I said, you're going to have to get a crane to slide me in and slide me in. Get a convertible and drop them in. <laughs> well, I've watched them go in through the windows, and there's no hope in hell I'm going to do that. So the door had better open. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, that's yeah, cool. that's sweet. Yeah, that'll be sweet. Are you a race fan? I love watching the races. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big personal fan of racing racers or racing yeah yeah but you know i've seen some of the greats i'm certain i'm certainly uh similar to that yeah, yeah i i just i just like i like the speed yeah and yeah. uh back in the day when you could find a place that was private and you could drive fast um i used to drive fast a lot <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I i had a i have a story to tell <laughs> i'm driving down a second line out in Etobicoke, and I went over the 401, and it's a, it's a real hefty bridge that has a real big lift on the other end of it. I hit it at about 110 miles an hour in my daddy's car, <laughs> launched the car, came off the thing, and it landed flat down on the on the road and cracked the manifold off. And I'm going down the road going, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I took it home, and I went, Whoops. I can't tell him what I did, so uh, <laughs> here's a lie. Uh, <laughs> I, I put it in the ditch, Dad. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is better? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, make myself out to be a bad driver. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but I've always had a thing about, you know, taking corners on two wheels. and. Well, this kid does similar, and I'm sure that yeah. <clears throat> he's taken moms and dads' cars out and done things in them <clears throat> because now... He's an incredible stunt driver. Um, he does some of the best stuff. We we go out and they do some crazy stuff sometimes, uh, at high rates of speed and corners and slides and whatever. Yeah. Those and those new cars that slide man. are awesome, man. The drifters. The drifters. I have oh, one, I, of my, one of my black belts. One of my black belts drives a drifter. Right. And it's something else. The, the fun thing about the drifting cars cool. is they're designed for it. The, the wheels, the tires, yeah, yeah. how the suspension works, mm -hmm. the brakes. They're all designed to do that. This kid can do it in a normal car. In a regular Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to, yeah, you just play with the car for a bit and figure it out. And, you know, yeah, I did a, I did a Lexus job last year with the 350 whatever it's called, uh, all-wheel drive, this and that. But I got to... Shout out to Lexus because we need sponsors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Lexus. Yeah, bring it, bring it. Um, uh, you know, and I got to... Uh, we were up in Algonquin Park just sliding through past, uh, you know, just the, the road. The road's barely wider than this room. Yeah. And, uh, we're, yeah, just around trees and this and that. Oh, man. I and love some of the drone shots. To do stuff like the that, drone yeah. shots are incredible. Yeah, yeah. the yeah, it's unreal. I I, I just love finding a groove line, like when you're hitting a corner or you're doing a hairpin or something. Big and, time. And you find you come in tight and then you go out wide and you kind of. I mean, I love it. I love yeah. the way the cars handle. There's and, magic, man. You know what? You don't have a phone, but I appreciate your love for the car. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite car? Um. Well. After I did the Fruit Gushes commercial, I bought myself a 2007 Monte Carlo. Now now I'm driving all pickup okay. trucks because I live in the country. Yeah, sure. But uh, back then, I loved the Monte. It was a real nice, hot little car. It yeah. Could, it could go. Cool you made car. enough money off that spot to buy a Monte Carlo. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Gushers, well, baby. It, it, it ran for over two years, yeah. and, and I, I did. I don't think it paid all of it, but it, yeah, of course, a, a pretty good chunk of That's it. That's great. Yeah, down you know, payment of sorts. Well, oh. some months was a couple of grand, some months was. So, if somebody wants to see it, what, what do you look up on YouTube again? Fruit Gushers Karate. Fruit really? Gushers Karate on. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and, yeah. it, and it'll pop up me. <laughs> it's Man, so that's good. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> do you still do you still ride your bike? I it, was going to talk to you guys about that. No, I don't. Okay. And uh, I have a 1975 uh, FLH Ultra Classic Custom, ready to go. I'm going to have to sell it. I don't want to. It says Yosemite on it. Y-O-S-M-T is my license plate. Don't mention it over the air, but write the price down. Just show me. Oh, simple. Simple. Copy that. And well, I have all kinds of parts that go with the original. Uh, I customized the whole thing. It, the pegs are raked a little for long legs. Um, it's not a highway peg bike. It's a regular peg bike, but it's okay. set forward. No, the gear is forward. Uh, it's got white walls on it. It's uh, sweet. It has a, a sticker paint job. I had them do the peel and press on the tank yeah, and yeah, on the tail. Yeah. And it's of Yosemite National Park. And my rear thing, uh, my rear guard is Yosemite Sam, right? Oh man! So oh, they, did, they did a wrap. Yeah. A wrap of that photo. Yeah. But, oh, oh man. The, the wrap of Yosemite National Park all the way around my tank is the very mount, cool. The mountains and stuff. It's pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. So I'm. I've got to sell it. The doctor scared the crap out of me. Okay. After I had my um, <clears throat> hips done, she said to me, "She said you've got to understand you have two cannonballs in your pelvis." And she said, you come off of that bike and you land. The balls won't break. They will break your pelvis. Everything around it will. They will shatter through it and <clears throat> go right through your pelvis like, like a cannonball. What are these balls? What? And the, the balls are on top of my the hips. hip joints. The hip joints. Oh, okay, and I they, see. And they are titanium. So I'm a, I'm a double titanium hippie, right? <laughs> That's what I am. So and, and it's kinda <clears throat> cool. It's like Caesar. He's a triple titanium hippie. He's got a shoulder as well as two. Sounds hips. like a good fight <laughs> name for <laughs> a big tournament. Caesar Brukowski. He does. Oh yeah. Interesting. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's a martial artist problem. Our knees, our hips go. There's a lot of slam. My knees going. are next to go, and I'm kind of holding it off. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Crazy man. Too much titanium. <laughs> Yeah, well, you'll be, you'll soon you'll be Wolverine. Be yeah, cool. <laughs> exactly. It's all good. That would be okay if I only had to do it once. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, oh, but, shit, man. So you sh so it ju you just kind of got scared a little bit. Well, I I didn't want to hurt myself like that. Yeah. And, and and okay, all the years I've ridden a bike, I've never come off like that. I have come off, but I've never come off hard or heavy right totally I've, I've laid the bike down a couple of times it's gone for a slide that kind of thing but that's just a fact that at some point in your riding uh life you're gonna but you put it down yeah, it's not a it's not if or it's a win it's, it's a yeah. win oh yeah you don't ride a bike and expect <clears throat> not to put it down big time uh the first time i dumped mine i was right beside a cop 
we're on Weston Road, and I'm sitting at a stoplight, and I go to take off, and rub, 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 and the cop's on his, on his uh, <laughs> I think it was a pie wagon he was on, and he takes <laughs> off, and rub, 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 and the two of us go, and all of a sudden, I'm down in the middle of the street, and my bike's doing donuts in the middle of the street, and the oh. car comes along and stops right there, and I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, oil. Ah. Oil from an accident, previous accident. down. Uh, on the, I didn't even see it. Remember, I went over my bike from oil yeah. i was riding next to you we were we were riding uh side by side and we were we were going super slow we were about to take a, a little turn and he's turning and my i'm not turning yeah i, I can't i couldn't turn you were sliding um, yeah i was sliding and i was either going to go into him or i i didn't know what to do so i basically just like those brakes and i actually went over oh did you yeah the second time uh, i ever did this i ended up, i dropped it and, <clears throat> and played it really smoothly um at a pretty high speed but uh, yeah, with that one, that was I a freak. That. that was a bit of a freaky thing. But I basically just Superman through the through the uh, air and 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 rolled it out. And I got up, and everybody around was like, "I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Is the bike okay? Yeah. You know." No. So, <laughs> <clears throat> I remember that. Yeah, that was that was a bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. You're all, you're gonna go down. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I I uh, I got cut off one day, and I'm on my buddy's Honda 150 because he wanted to carry a cat home for his girlfriend. So I'm on his bike and never rode his bike before. And I got cut off by this crazy woman who didn't know how to drive. And I slammed on front brake, back brake, same time, and the front brake cable snapped in my hand. Whoa. Guess where I ended up? Underneath the car. I slid right Ooh. down underneath. I'm looking at the gas tank. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I was looking at the guy's side. I was fine. I stayed on the bike. <laughs> Jesus. Protect the bike. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I always found it was better to stay on the bike. If yeah. You, if you're going down, stay on the bike, get your feet off the ground, and get your knees and rest yeah, of yeah, your, yeah. the skinning part off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want road rash. So what do you have? The, where, where, where's uh, Tammy right now at the the karate camp where is it um it's in milton she's doing her thing uh she today is uh internal yesterday was she took all the kids to the swimming park and they all went swimming and had a good time and it's great today they're doing uh, other things they're doing tie-dye shirts and they're training and they're i mean she mixes up the training with some good things for kids to do sure they have a great time she loves doing it it's fabulous she loves working with those kids like she just glows. And you're gonna keep doing this, aren't you? Oh yeah, till I can't. So that's that's what the you'd love this. The uh, chief asked me, he says, "How long are you gonna keep carrying the the staff, the eagle staff?" And I looked at him and I said, "Till I can't." And he just smiled and walked away. He went, "Cool." Till yeah, I can't. Absolutely. I mean, you know. We, we all have a time. We all will have a time. But don't stop living until that time's done. That's, that's 100%. My, that's you, my you fall in love with something. and right. I mean, how do you just yeah. give it up? Right? Well, you don't. You don't. You fall in love with a woman. You don't give her up. No. You, you, no. Tammy and I are permanent for the rest of our lives. And, then, and, and I say, think the other loves are, too. Ex and it's, exactly. It is what it is. Exactly. You whatever is in your heart is what you should be attached to. Don't, you know, don't go trying to 
do too much or there's I don't think there's anything gained by being too me 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 I don't think there's anything to be gained by it. Well, that's an interesting dilemma. Not, I don't know if it's a dilemma so much. It, me, 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 me. You gain a great deal to yourself because you're selfish. Me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. But in the end, what have you really gained? You might have a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But there's nothing around you. That's right. Nothing of significance. Yeah. I, I guess that's what the point of passing it on. You know, if you are going to gain... You know, also give. It, it's it's just that that full circle kind of helps. It's the only uh, way. You know, know and it's interesting about doing a podcast like this is because, on one hand, it's incredibly selfish because I want to have conversations. Sure. But on and, the other hand, yeah. I want to give everyone you. I want like I know you. I want you to go out to everyone. Does that make sense? Totally. It does. Um, totally. I, I love totally. this, and and it gets. This is a smaller circle. Yeah. Here we are telling stories. Yeah. Someone is in a car right now listening to this. Someone is in their living room watching YouTube, listening to this, participating in our conversation, and getting answers to their questions. I mean. I hope they enjoy it. I look across the table at you, Scott. Um, you know. You hold black belts in numerous styles of martial arts, high-level um, black belts. You have fulfilled the dreams of many, many people. Many people want a dream about doing what you've done and going to Japan and getting that, growing that beard. <laughs> I dream of that. Well, I dream of that. I dream of that, too. I don't think I'm ever getting that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I... Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I, it, it's it's you start a life and you just go, don't you? Mm -hmm. Look at what you've accomplished. Yeah. Uh, you know, I talk to people, uh, and I talk to people all the time when I was doing uh, movie stuff with you, and with other people, and whenever you were mentioned, there was always good words, good terminology, because. You didn't leave anything nasty behind, and everything you did was for the betterment of what you were trying to accomplish. When people do that in general, of their whole lives, then it's easier to live. It's easier for us all to live, all to be a part of that understanding of let's accomplish let's do it together let's spread our energy and let's see what we can do i mean with without that we got pretty much nothing you know i mean doesn't it, i mean in another way it even it makes your own life better when everyone around you is happy and feeling right and all this you know that's right uh you know we are we're all born with ourselves and that's just it is what it is and we have to look after ourselves but I think in part, looking after yourself is you also have to look after others in order to do that. And, you know, and then it just kind of just feeds off each other. The best feeling in the world is to assist a hand to somebody that needs it. Absolutely. There is no better feeling than that. And if you can do that, even in the words that you speak, 
it's a wonderful thing because you've given somebody a little peace of mind given somebody a little a little understanding so that they feel that they're not sorry fucked up in this world mm -hmm. right i mean so many people are so caught up i hear it i look at it i see some of these things written in facebook and i'm like are you kidding me what are you what is what is so bad Oh man, life is good, and we only have it for so long. So you'd best figure out how to enjoy it, how to have a good time, how to pass on all the good things that have happened to you, and and basically do do do. Don't stop doing until you can't. Right? That's that's the way I feel. I still do some gardening, and it gets tougher every year. Trust me, it's right. But I got tomatoes and zucchini and stuff growing potatoes in my backyard i mean and i treat with play with my dogs there's nothing i like better than doing simple stuff and just keep doing enjoy your life and realize that it's not here forever mm -hmm. it's 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 only while we're here so make a good time of it and i don't know about you but the years pass so damn fast it's shocking I remember some of those moments. Oh my God, yes. I remember some of the moments that we've had <clears throat> yeah. like they were yesterday. Yeah. So vivid, so clear, so... That's how sweet they were. Well, yeah, that's how, exactly. And, and our minds will do that for us if we let them. If we let them. If we don't get so bogged up in everybody else's crap. Yeah, what a weird world, huh? <laughs> We're living in some interesting times. We, we, <laughs> we certainly are. As a, as a paramedic, uh, as a medic for Metro and lived through SARS and did all that, I said the day that they came out with this is a pandemic, a world pandemic, I said close doors today. Had they done that, we wouldn't be nearly in the shit that we're in. It took them two weeks to shut down the airports. It took them two weeks to shut down the borders after they knew what was going on. Hmm. That's just not acceptable in, in my being. That's not acceptable. But nobody took it for real. Everybody thought, oh, it's just another flu. It's just a this. It's just a that. Yeah. No, man, this is a killer. Yeah. And it's coming after your grandma and grandpa. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm a grandpa. And mm -hmm. so is he. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for bringing that up. Nobody knew. Yeah, well, I just <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying, brother. I mean, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it, it was bad. It was handled badly, worldwide, badly. Sure. Right. So, I said that. Sente yeah. guest will bring that up anytime we talk to people about this. He brings it. He says, Scotty said two weeks before they closed, he said they should shut down. I said, yeah, I did. It only made sense to me. didn't make any sense to, even not knowing what it was, it didn't make sense to expose. And, yeah. And they did anyway. So. Hmm. I find everything is, is dealt with uh, terribly, personally. Uh, because they've never had wait a minute they've never had it before I don't I don't think that any one person is at fault here and I don't I don't blame Trudeau for any of this it's not his fault I do 
I don't. And I'll tell you I why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> hating Trudeau is one thing, but dealing with something that you've never dealt with before right. is a room for mistakes are going to happen. Sure, sure. You cannot deal with something you've never dealt with before and not make mistakes. Hmm. Well, how do you know? How Exactly, you don't. And nor does anybody else. Not even all these guys who do yeah. the conspiracy theories and all that shit. They didn't know shit and they still don't know shit. The truth is, this grabbed the world by surprise. Whether it came from a place, whether it was developed from a place, it's a mute point at this point. Sure. What's important is we try and do the best we can to get rid of it, do whatever we have to do to do that. To move on. Right? And people, the anti-vaxxers, that's too bad. But I remember lining up as a kid, getting my polio shot, getting my... <clears throat> You know, all the kids lined up and we all were vaccinated. Vaccinations have saved people's lives. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't be a medic and not say, hey, vaccinations save lives. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm, so. a, li I'm a little bit on, the, on that other side. I understand, you know? <laughs> I understand because you're young. And, well, if you, and if you've had COVID, yeah. you have some immunity. Yeah, yeah. But for us, we weren't brought up like that at all. Mm -hmm. We were brought up, hey, you need a shot. You got your shot. Do you remember lining up in school? Oh, gosh, yes. Having the shots and all this. I yeah, mean, when I was young. Yeah, we, we got the shots and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah you did too. Well, you had to because when you were born, he had to make sure you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's like a vaccine thing for me. I think it's, it's a weird time in the world. And I I don't know whether I'm thinking too much or too little. It's, it, it, it goes all, all it's, around. It's all it, around. It's okay to do it all. But in the back of it, understand why what your purpose is in life your purpose in life is to have a good time is to enjoy your life right so don't get too caught up in all the crap yeah no because your, you. your head can go in a million places right oh 100 percent. and uh you 100%. don't need, you don't need that so yeah i just i just wish everybody just give it a break and try and work with what we need to work with and that's the pandemic what we're what we're doing yeah um and and leave everybody else alone i mean it just this doesn't make sense it's yeah a, i would i would hate to be the prime minister of canada or the president of the united states for sure and have to deal with all this shit there's a lot going on yeah the, the world is crazy and that's without even mentioning <clears throat> what's going on in Europe and in. Like, did I move that? No, it's all good. What's What's going on in Europe and stuff? Uh, that That's all just that's just more nuts. What? Yeah, man, and, big time. Know, and I I, and I, I, thought, I thought I thought Putin would be okay. You mentioned martial artists. I thought Putin would be okay. He's a martial artist. Yeah, uh, yeah the he took his he, black belt. He missed something. <laughs> he missed something. There's in that his, integrity thing. In it, yeah, that's right. He missed something. Yeah. And right now, I think maybe he's just sick trying to make his name and, yeah. and, and secure a legacy. Yeah, well, yeah. but that's how I feel yeah, I about so all of them. They're all like that nowadays. Like, like this whole like lack of integrity bit seems to be kind of running that way through everything. Everything. How about I approach it like this? Let's say we get rid of all... Government. Different government <laughs> bodies. And we put in place who we think would make the best leader, 
who we think would make the best second leader, who we think would be the best person to look after self-defense. What if we just said, let's govern ourselves by the people that can do the job best? Why don't we pick them instead of having the government bodies pick them after we nominate a government? That doesn't make any I sense. I agree with that. Now, the only problem with that is that there are a lot of dumb-ass people. <laughs> <laughs> there are way too many people who <clears throat> I just can't get behind, you know? <laughs> So, <laughs> so the thing is, you have to put somebody. In, what I'm, I agree. I why agree. I'm saying this is because you could have four or five people that could, world in our in Canada, be the prime minister of Canada. Why do they have to represent a party? Why can't they represent uh, the prime minister position? I'm with you. And get rid of the stupid parties because the parties can't figure out what they believe in anyway. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the conservatives yeah. went down like a bomb the last time, right? I mean, they thought they were going to come up, and they didn't. They went down. and I mean, the whole thing, I think, is run badly and, and wrong. Well, it is, and they're doing it like war rather than doing it like a community think, of think about this. good people. If we all, 100 of us, 100 people, move to an island. Sounds wouldn't, nice. Wouldn't, wouldn't we delegate the best of us as leader yeah absolutely yeah big time and you'd be barbecuing and and, and delegate me Fuck yeah. delegate me maybe as medic because i have that <clears throat> training yeah, and, absolutely. and for sure re responsibility i could do that i don't see why we can't elect the positions Man. rather than the parties you know what it is there parties piss me off but there's jealousy envy oh yeah there's all these other things that kind of come into play it's oh, like yeah. oh oh he gets to be the medic yeah, yeah. oh i see now we all have to vote to spear this guy out he goes and i like, get him off <laughs> let's send him on his way no, yeah i'm with you man i wish that's how the world was the party thing the split the divides i it, it all makes very little sense to me I well mean, if you look at what I'm, happened in the states it, it was almost civil war and it's not over yet and yeah, it's, it's not, not over, over yet. yet man yeah and, and that's craziness. That is craziness. Yeah, the divide is huge. The divide is crazy. Power, real power, comes from proper, integral energy that is, exists from everybody doing the right thing for the right reason. That's real power. What these guys, what these guys are doing, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Greed and ego. Because I don't see it. I see speaking greed of, and ego. Speaking of Japan, they just lost all their their entire uh, government stepped down. Mm -hmm. What's that? The entire government. Is, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but the government of Japan has just stepped down. Just recently. Yeah. Wow. And Af the, after you know, the leader. The former leader. Uh, yeah, was uh, uh, was assassinated. Was assassinated. Yeah. Assassinated, yeah. What what are your feelings on that? You, as a I don't know, as someone who's been to Japan many times and has a love for the country. Japan is very. Uh, how do I say this? They do things right. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, they the, do things right. There's this a, government stepped down because people opposed it. 
there's an energy to it that they do things right. They will iron it out so that it's done as best they can. The best way to describe the Japanese people and being is they take something that has been made and make it better. They, they, their energy, they, well, a Harley's a good bike, but trust me, mm. <clears throat> doesn't even come close to a Kawa Kawasaki. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen the new Honda? Yeah. With like the Goldwing with the automatic transmission? Exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, I've oh. never driven one, and I want to. <laughs> exactly. I'm a Harley guy, but I want to ride one of these Hondas. Really? Exactly. But huh. are, are, they are very... They will straighten things out. They will figure out a way to get that straight. <clears throat> so now, do you think do they stepped down because of do, do I agree failure? with all that? Oh, probably. Or or do they do, do they feel they failed or are they stepping down to make things right? I don't know. You know? I, I wouldn't know unless I really got involved in mm -hmm. that conversation mm -hmm. there. Sure. But my best guess is they stepped down to straighten it out. Right. Yeah. You can't you can, you can't straighten stuff out if everybody's in power and like you said have their ego have their place have their they're, they're not gonna step down or say anything so the best thing to do would be to resolve it and start again and i think that's probably what they're doing they probably see a reason to do it i mean they didn't do great as far as the uh um pandemic goes japan's still giving out stuff and they're still having bad spreads of it and um, they didn't hmm. sort of do what we did. They didn't get as many inoculations as we've had. They didn't put a stop to it like we have. Hmm. So they're they're struggling there a little bit still. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So there's a really great podcast on that you can get on YouTube, and I think it's called um, Punch Kick. Choke chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it punch kick or kick punch? Uh, I think it's uh, punch kick choke chat. Chat. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great. Uh, <laughs> by some really prominent, well-known, uh, Gary Legacy, very boys. skilled martial artist, and they have all you guys on. You were on. Caesar was on. There's a whole bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. Bill Wallace was on. Uh, I watched them all. Love, love it. Uh, um, the, uh, but you mentioned something that really resonated with me. Um, and you mentioned uh, to add just one more. That's right. I, I mentioned to Andrew, I love it. I love that as a training tenant. Just just add one. Can you expound on that? I certainly can. Um, when I first went to Isaiah Yabanaka's school on East Hastings Street, his dojo, when I walked through the door, I watched this guy work out, and he was in absolutely ridiculous shape. I mean... He could do sit-ups nonstop, push-ups nonstop, you name it, nonstop. Like it just, and he's like a machine. And I was like, how did you do this? How do I do that? And he looked at me, he couldn't speak any English. He's like, he's going, one, add one. And I went, one, like a day? And he goes, hi, hi, one, day, hi. I went, okay, okay, I got it. So it's just become my uh, form of training. I will, at one point, I started out doing roughly 25 sit-ups and maybe 15 push-ups. I added one a day, and 
three, four months later, I'm doing 100 push-ups a day and 300 sit-ups a day. Eight months later, I'm doing 100 push-ups in the morning and 100 push-ups at night and 300 sit-ups in the morning and 300 sit-ups at night. And I did that for seven years straight. I was in ridiculous human physical shape when I was at that level. And when I was training with all my friends and Kaishin and did all that, I was in ridiculous shape because of the add one. <coughs> and I always tell my students, always add one. Don't ever be satisfied by limit. Right. Add one, right? And if you can't add one, think about it because you should. And so, like I said, I got to 100 and 300 and I basically called it at that and just kept it up. But I could have done 301. I could have done 101 setups. I could have, I mean. But then you just got bored at that, that point. Yeah, yeah, well. You, too, many, too many damn push-ups. Exactly. Yeah, but but I, I used to really enjoy that half hour first thing in the morning and that half hour last thing at night. I was young, full of piss and vinegar. Um, I was working at a place called The Body Shop out there, which was another bar, and doing the, doing the door work and <laughs> doing the door. I, I worked in bars all across Canada. I worked in the showboat in Charlottetown, for crying out loud. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's how I did it, and that's how I got in shape. And you're throwing kicks. Well, you throw 15 kicks today, you throw 16 kicks tomorrow. I just think it's so important for people that are listening to this that are trying to get into shape, and it's so daunting. You look at the program that you're being put on, or should I do this or do that, and whatever, and it's so hard, just add one. Yeah, it's so simple, but it, it just takes initiative and exactly. uh, discipline to do it each day, each day forward, each you going forward every day. Billy Blanks was kind of my uh, measuring stick for working out. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I've never seen anybody work out like Billy. He'd put, he'd put a pair of work boots on and do 300 kicks of every kick he knew. Non-stop. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. You don't work out like that unless you're... Unless yeah, well, he also looked like it. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, Billy, yeah, yeah. Was, Billy was amazing. Oh, yeah. And he was such a nice... And he still is. He's my brother. We talk all the time. He's such a good guy. When, uh, when I was training one of my students, Mike Frolic, good guy... He was just a new brown belt, but he was a great fighter, strong, got good reach. I went to a tournament in Connecticut, and there's Billy. The first time I meet Billy, I go over, shake his hand, and I said, Billy, I got a brown belt here who would give anything to warm up with you. Would you do that? And he looked at me and he said, sure, no problem. Warmed up with my student, half hour, 20 minutes. My student blew the brown belt division apart. He won it hands down. <laughs> nobody wow. even nobody even came close. And he said at the end of the day, it was because everything Billy had done to get him there. And huh. my great feeling was I had been able to introduce this young man to that young man mm -hmm. and, and make them great. But your young man got an incredible clinic. Oh, did he ever? Did he ever? I mean, Billy could just stand there and hold his knee in kick position. And then smack you in the side of the head, just keep smacking you. Like bang, 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 bang. Like he was moving a ball. It was he was ridiculous. Like it's, he I bet you at one time he could move a speed bag like you can do with your hands with his feet. I bet wow, you he could. Man. I bet you he could. 
I don't know that for a fact, but I would, I would assume yes, because he had so much control. And now he's teaching his daughter, which is awesome. His daughter runs his club, doesn't she? No, this is his Where's youngest his club? daughter. This oh, is his young, youngest, okay. youngest daughter, his new one. She's, she's gorgeous. She's, I guess she's 15 or 16 now. But yeah, she, I guess she might be running the club, but she's a, she's a good student. He trains with her every day. Where's his club? It's in California. Right. He's okay. in California. Yeah, yeah. But Billy and I go back a long way to the point uh, we did the movies together and mm-hmm. we I, we fought each other five times on screen, I guess, something like that. And uh, we just had so much fun and respect for each other. It was it was great. What's it's, he doing right now? Uh, he's still doing his Taibo thing. He's doing his club. He's uh, doing uh, some commercials. Uh, he's He's into everything like he was. But he's an amazing character. Um, when the Masters Hall of Fame uh, called me up to go to Texas to be inducted into the Masters Hall of Fame, um, they wanted Billy. And uh, uh, I thought, okay, well, I wonder if I can help them do that because Billy's a good friend. So I picked up the phone and I called him. I said, Billy, I'm supposed to be going on stage for the Masters Hall of Fame to get my award. And, I'd really like to stand on that stage with you. And I said, and they'd like to give you an award too. I said, would you come? He flew in on the Friday night to be there for the Saturday and flew home the Saturday night or Sunday just to be there with me, standing on the stage, doing our thing. Uh, it was great. Amazing. That's nice. It was, yeah, it was a great, it was a great cool. moment. I, I, <clears throat> I think so much of him. It's just like I think of Donnie Jacob. It's, Walking the streets of Trinidad was an amazing adventure. Now, wasn't Don? He lived in Toronto for a while. Who? Don Jacob. Don Jacob. Uh, he had some people that lived in Toronto, but he usually lived in Trinidad. Okay. He, and he who, came, sorry, he who's came, Don? He, Don Jacob came here several times to teach. Don Warner used to bring him up and have him do some classes and stuff. Okay. But he's a phenomenal martial artist. Like back in the day, he could do. Slow Jagaris and double double axe for. I remember, but I, but I don't remember why I think he lived in Toronto. Um, probably because he has some students that live there. Okay. I don't think he ever did. I think he was always from Trinidad. And Warner's now in California and has been for a long time. Yep. Yep. They're all doing their own thing. Yeah. Don's doing his books and. Yeah. It's 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 neat. It's neat to remember going to their dojos and having a laugh or working out with them or training with Don. Don Warner is actually a pretty good goju man. He, he trained hard and um, he, he got me to, you know, Chuck Merriman uh, was one of the guys that he brought up. And yeah, I know that name. Chuck was spectacular. I, I think a lot of Chuck Merriman and he's gone now, but he isn't. There's a lot of influence of, of that man still around and still here. It's, it's pretty incredible. Looking, looking around at the real in martial arts, I feel very fortunate to have had so many wonderful moments with such great people, Takeyuki Kubota, people like that. I, I learned to fight some of the weaponry I taught you, I learned from Takeyuki Kubota. Some of the fighting, okay. some of the fighting energy, he beat the hell out of me for 10 days. I mean, literally beat the hell out of me with a shanai. This is the guy that's like the number one weapons guy kind of thing in, in the States. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Takoboda, w- when he was in Japan, he was 
a one-man cop hit squad. If there was something going on and there was some problems in a place, they'd just send him in and shut the door. Have you ever seen the little thing? Really? Have oh, you ever yeah. seen those keychain things, the metal things are wooden with a point on the end and you put your keys on Coubaton. it? It's Coubaton. I'm it's, not it's sure. It's attributed to oh. Tack for inventing that. Yeah, he taught me how to use really? it. Really? I've been teaching <clears throat> it for years. That blended with George Sylvain's pressure points and stuff. Okay. My self-defense, it hurts. <laughs> Yeah, man, I have no doubt. <laughs> it's supposed to. It, it, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I had a young man come in to me and he said, you know, I've done wrestling and I've done this and I've done that. He said, I have never had anybody put me in so much pain so fast. He says, you, <laughs> you hurt. And I look at him and I said, well, I don't want to get hit. So I find that if I put somebody in enough pain fast enough, yeah. they aren't going to hit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said George Sylvain and Pressure Points. Uh, George Doman? No, George Sylvain. George Sylvain. George Sylvain is... George Doman is yeah, very strange. Yeah, we don't have to go anywhere there. Yeah, George Sylvain, on the other hand, was Canada's police head police tactician. Mm -hmm. And his Pressure Point striking and Pressure Point locking and nerve locking is some of the best I've done anywhere. I was on his hands for four hours in a seminar. He knocked me out three times in that four hours. Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't know George well, but he, I've met the man. He put me out three times in the four hours, like out, out cold. He tagged me in the side of the neck, put me out, tagged me in the back of the head, put me out, tagged me in the front of the nose, put me out. Down I went. Holy crap. Sounds good for the brain. Well, I'll, t I'll tell you what it was good for. It made me realize that this guy was 100% real and what he taught was real. So I ended up putting it into my self-defense energy, women's self-defense, the teens when I taught in the schools, teaching the kids. I taught them some real energy, how to you know take apart a knee if you had to. Man. But correct me if I'm wrong, those strikes, what he was doing was a blood flow issue not not a not a concussion issue with your brain, right? Yeah, no, there, it's a blood flow issue, and it yeah. puts you out instantly. But right. it doesn't it doesn't you know it doesn't, doesn't rattle you. Your head. Now yeah. in that in that punch kick choke chat, yeah, you mentioned Wally J. Yes. No, I think he's awesome. My most <laughs> my most respect for Wally J. Yeah. <coughs> I learned more what? about whatever over the course of a two and a half hour dinner with sitting beside wally uh, i'm getting goosebumps because this way it goes and that way it don't yeah he, it's <laughs> the guy is absolutely freaking <laughs> phenomenal yeah oh oh no oh and it's so tight it's yeah he he has well, a small circle my jujitsu he can just take your hand and just my <laughs> students are constantly complaining that my stuff is too tight. And <clears throat> Professor Jay, and uh, he taught me this, and George Sylvain taught me this. And tight in energy, when you take a joint and you keep that in lock, you have them. There is no getting away from it, and there is not a thing you can do. You are I can see you doing it with your thumb. You are completely, <laughs> you are completely screwed up. I'm like locking in. <clears throat> yeah, they... they the, the the energy again i just feel so fortunate to have trained with all these real people mm -hmm. it's 
when I talk to Don Warner about it, I always thank him. And I thank him as a sensei because he helped me learn. Remember I said you got to be careful who you call sensei. Well, Don doesn't like to be called sensei. But he helped me learn some really big things and important stuff. So I don't have an option. He did sensei for me many times. Like, like you know, uh, like all the rest of these wonderful people. I mean, God, we have some pretty cool guys in our, in our past, mm -hmm. you and I, that we look at and go, wow, wish they were still here. Yeah. Ronnie was definitely one of them. Yeah, shout out to Ronnie Day. Yeah, big time. I, I, I remember learning his knife form on my camp and doing some low stances and stuff that he could do back then and changes and energy. I was like, are you kidding me? This guy is a massive man and he moves so well. Yeah, I was just going to say, what's one of the most fun things ever when you spar with Ron and we hit each other. It's, oh, yeah. This is not a joke. Um, but he would he would want to throw a like a spinning sidekick. <laughs> he he literally moves his foot back there. Yeah. Like he'll he'll take his rear foot and move it behind his lead leg, and you're going, "Why are you doing that? I know what's coming, Ron." Yeah. Like he, he knows you know. <laughs> he has telegraphed that. Ten minutes ago, yeah, and then bam, he hit you with it. There's nothing you can do with it. <laughs> Not a thing. Like, it's is he instilling fear? Yeah, he's instilling. Well, I, your, now you're thinking about that. Damn I foot. just don't Fuck. think like he didn't have that gift of pivot. I think right, right, right. So he he had to actually place it to move it. Yeah, and but and then by placing it, you see it. You know he's doing it, and next thing you know, you're flying against the ropes. Yeah, he cut the angle and, and nailed it. <laughs> fighting with Tony Facetti was much like that he could hit me almost anytime he wanted and I, I can fight I'm a pretty bring good that fighter I, there. I, got, I got some pretty good haul ass I can you can fight. bring that to you if you, you want to you seem like back. you're alright with fighting uh, yeah I can I can, <laughs> I, I, I can fight alright but Tony used to put his foot in my face like my hand I'd, I'd go to do this I'd go to put my hand down and bam <laughs> I'd have this foot in my face or, or sidekick and I'd be up against the wall going, I can't breathe yet, just a minute. I'll, I'll be back in a second. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. It was incredible to fight somebody of that quality, but that's how you get better. Big time. You can't, you can, partnering, partnering up with somebody in, in the club, make sure you partner up with somebody that's better than you are. Yeah, you got to learn something. The only time I've ever been hurt is partnering up with someone who's not. Yes. Because they're coming at full steam, and I can't. They're, tr they're trying to get to you mm. where the person who knows he can get to you right. doesn't treat you like that. Well, see, that's why you, you slip in a sidekick, just nice and breezy, yeah. and he's slamming his elbow on your foot and ankle with everything he's got. Because he's going at full steam, and you're not. Because yes. you're not trying to beat him up. I have a toe. Right. I have a my baby toe on my right foot is permanently like that. Okay. I, I can't open it. It won't open. Nothing. It's been broken so many times from throwing sidekicks <laughs> at people and people jamming. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Oh, the memories. And these are supposed to be your friends, right? And, <laughs> and you're supposed to be jousting, right? No, jousting. No, no. Let's break those toes. That's, <laughs> oh, that's the part of the competition, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's funny. A, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's the part that you go, and why did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think it. Uh, people, I don't know what if people get the same feeling these days, but I'll tell you. I my nose was swollen for twenty years. Oh sure, you know what I mean. And I would, I loved, I loved, getting in that ring and fighting anybody. And it's and then we went had beers. Yeah, you know, um, I, I broke little Larry's nose one night. You go look in the mirror, but sorry. <laughs> The very best thing about hitting somebody full blast in the face <laughs> is you become best of friends. 100%. Okay. In martial arts, you become best of friends. Okay. Yeah. The, Larry and I used to spar for two, he's gone now, but we, we used to spar for two or three hours solid. And we'd walk out bruised and battered, never broken, but bruised and battered and laughing. And then we go to the Islington house and start drinking 25 cent beers. <laughs> Jesus Murphy. We yeah. just, and we walk out of there, right? And then somebody would have to be stupid and say something bad to us. Oh, and the geez. next thing you know, bam, bam. And the guy's wiped out, right? It's like, okay, maybe we trained too much. Maybe we drank too much. Let's go <laughs> home, guys. <laughs> it's a combination both. <laughs> yeah. And when you're young, you do that stuff. You don't even think about it. Like for sure. somebody disrespects you, you pop them. You don't even think about it. It's like goodbye. Right? Now, when somebody disrespects me, I look at them and I kind of smile and think, huh, well, I'm glad you think so much of yourself. I was always the type yeah. of person that you, if you disrespect me, I didn't really care. Yeah. Because I'm, shit comes from a horse's ass. Well, you know where you stand. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you but, know where you stand. Yeah. Sure. But. Don't res don't disrespect him or her. Oh, no. just uh, sorry, real quickly, my left ear on my headphone went out. I think. Uh, what what happened here? Oh, and it's back. It's back. Something's wrong with the cable. No, it's just loose or something. Is it okay. still there? No, it's good now. Sorry, guys. It's, no worries. It's okay. Let's continue. <laughs> it happens. It happens. I like hearing these whoop ass stories. <laughs> no, so I mean, um, yeah, it's. Uh, but when someone disrespects you, it, it it's one thing. I don't I don't really care because I I know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. But man, it's that Billy Jack thing. You, you know, I went to a party. I was automatically the bouncer. Mm -hmm. No one chose me. I chose me. And if you want to fight and you want to hurt him or her, hurt me. That'd yeah. be your role on the Bring island. Bring it to me. That'll be my role on the island. Bring it to me. No, that's that's <laughs> that's exactly the way I was. Uh, my first, my first gig ever was at a church, and I was a hired doorman at the church. I was 16 years old, right? At a church? At a church, 16 <clears throat> years Did old. you have to? And I had guys coming in there, 19, 20 years old, and being assholes, right? Really? Oh, yeah. In I church? Had, yeah, I had a couple of real, yeah, in the basement of the church, they had the little rock and roll. Oh, like a party. Like a party place. Not Sunday morning. No, no. Okay, no, okay. No. I'm this sitting here thinking, thinking, what kind of church is this? This was a dance. Yeah. This was a okay. dance. And I that get was it. my first 80-year-old ladies really acting up here. <laughs> but, but I always found it, I remember 
the guy I had to straighten out at the time, his first name was Peppy. <laughs> anyway, I had to straighten him out, and this guy was a fighter who just loved to get in there and fight, 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 fight. And he threw his first punch, and I grabbed him by the throat and slammed him against the wall, and I said, get your ass out of here now, and took him out the front door, right? That was it. Well... <laughs> Next time there's a party, hey, Scott, you want to come over here? Hey, Scott, you want to come over here? And by the time I was 17, I was working at the Mad Mechanic. Hmm. What's that? A bar, a, a legal bar. I was underage. I dig the ah. title. I dig the title, Mad Mechanic. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. cool. I was, it was on Shorncliffe and Dundas. Okay. It was a big, big hotel there. It's gone now, but it was there. And yeah, that was that was the first place I worked full time as a doorman, and I was seventeen years old. Right, and then I had my birthday at the place, and my boss said, "How old are you?" And I said, "Oh, I'm eighteen today." And he went, "Whoa, you son of a!" <laughs> you can imagine what came out of his mouth. Yeah, right? yeah. And he went, "I, I, I," and I said. Did I do the job? He said, you did the job. I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> Can I keep my job? Yeah, we left it at that, but it was funny. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. You worked at a few bars. I did. Uh, yeah. Again, that's where we have a lot in common. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that you, um, you learn a few practical skills. You learn how to speak to someone. Yeah. And it doesn't end up in a you know, physical altercation. Sure. But those that do are called pretty quickly are done in a it, hurry yeah it, it's not there's nothing to stall about no. it's like um i hate this but to use a quote from bruce lee is i don't push i punch so the moment someone touches me bang it's over it's it's already he has no clue how fast he's yeah in, why he, half he's, in, he's in trouble yeah 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 it's over and that's, that's the way you had to do the job. But I found that, uh, you know, you, you didn't get into a ton of stuff. If, if you present yourself strong and you can do the job and you look at people as they come through the door and leave an impression on that person. They don't they want to deal with you. They don't want to deal with you. So the bar quietens down pretty quick. I can imagine. If yeah. you have people that know what they're doing, right? And it's not a big deal. Every now and then, yes, you have to mm -hmm. defend or you have to fight. Well, I imagine that you make a bit of a reputation for oh, yourself, sure. isn't this kind of thing, you sure. know? Sure. Well, I, I used to teach guys to work in the bars. I used to teach the. No, I, I used to teach to on on dance floors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to do it? I'd go in during the day and teach the. Exactly, and I used to teach the <clears> bartenders <throat> and the servers. I taught them how to use their trays. The edge, oh, wow. the edge of a tray. <laughs> Real weapon, man. The edge of a tray can crack it's, you so hard, uh, your nose will get changed, completely yeah, yeah. positioned. I'm telling you, and I, I've, I've had them use it. When I was out in Charlottetown, I taught them to use their trays out there. And there, are some of the boys are a little bit grabby, eh? Hey, just yeah. a touch grabby, eh? <laughs> so they're out there grabbing, and the one lady I taught, she smacked, took the tray smacked his hand down, the glasses went, and then took the edge of it and went bang and hit him right across the cheek, laid him right out. I was like, This is yes. a great movie Damn. moment. I'm stealing. Yes, <laughs> yes. Love this. Yeah. Yes. The tray worked perfect. Right. And you can, you know, if somebody goes to hit you, you can 
pull the tray up and stick it in their face. I mean, totally. Speaking of this uh, use of random stuff as weapons, uh, you used a cane mm-hmm. in uh, some of your uh, uh, competitions, presentations. World, well, world Championship. Well, I would love to just know more about it. <laughs> First off, can anyone watch it? Is there, um, is there anywhere? There is some video, but none of the video I've seen is good. I know that Boyce Lydell from the NBL has tape of, okay. of it, but I've, okay. I've never actually seen it. But what I did was, uh, do you remember Singing in the Rain? Mm-hmm. The movie yeah, Singing yeah, yeah. in the Rain? Yeah. And uh, With the umbrella. With the umbrella. Yeah. And, well, I used a cane instead of the umbrella. I had a fedora. I had a bow tie. I had a white shirt, suspenders, black pants. And I came out dancing to Singing in the Rain <clears throat> and using the cane as my weapon. And at the end, I hooked the guy's balls and ripped his balls off, set them on the ground, and golfed them into the audience. Love it. And everybody, and everybody loved it. And, and uh, so you were able to portray that. There's nobody else there. I won you, first place. Ah, uh, that's right. I, I, I won a world championship doing that. And I actually put it together 24 hours before I put no dancing way. and all that stuff. And I had people come up to me. I didn't know you could soft shoe. I didn't know you could <laughs> You were like, I was totally unprepared. All yeah. I did it was to say goodbye. I to say goodbye to competition because okay. I, you know, and then cool. I did go back to compete one more time. I went to England, and this is why it's twelve. I went to England and I won uh, world championship there in forms, traditional forms, uh, for one of my students who had passed from breast cancer. So that was very cool. Uh, that is tough to do i imagine you know yeah uh, yeah i had pink belts all the way around the- oh nice <laughs> man now speaking so of cool. speaking of putting something together <clears throat> 24 hours in advance i went to a tournament once and i was just sitting there and they called up the next uh, next competitor uh scott hogarth and you came out and you were in a hakama and you got your sword and it was great because you you did your thing and I turned I forget who I was sitting with, one of the guys from the club and I said, I don't recognize any of this. He, he's making this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> it looked great, but it, but yeah. And then you finished and walked away. It was great. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Martial arts, it's a performance. Sure. And sometimes automatic energy. I get it. Believe me. Is by far better. Steve Reynolds, who just passed away, God bless him. That man could do a form in the middle of the room and make you believe every move he made was something that came from history mm-hmm. and it came out of his brain 10, ten seconds right there earlier, at the moment. Right there at the moment. It but that's was, but that's like him playing the guitar. It was fantastic. It's yeah. your can, understanding of the... He can play the song, but yeah. because he understands music, he can riff off anything. Sure. So that's exactly what you do as a martial artist. He, he's a tone, tone, semitone, tone, 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 semitone guy. Yeah. And he understands that. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Right? And then yeah, uh, yeah. As, as soon as you understand that, you can play anything. Pretty much. Yeah, you can yeah. see it, you can play it, you can do it. It's 
it's an understanding, as you said. It's totally. an understanding. Totally. Um, but uh, I did a form, 24 hours, when Ron Day passed away. I did a scabbard and blade form at his um, memorial. This might be it. This and, might be what I'm thinking. And, and a lot of people came up and went, Wow. <laughs> was it at the... I didn't know you could do that. And I, and I said, yeah, I, I can do Chinese art. I trained with Ron Beer for years. I used to travel out there every Thursday night for five, six years. And and my uh, my buddy, Larry Chalk, we used to go out and train with him. So I knew how to use a sword and stuff. But as far as that form was, of course I made it up. No, no, no. I made up the whole thing. I'm just... But it was for Ron. It was yeah. it was Kung Fu for Ron. Sure. So it wasn't about doing something that was somebody else. It yeah. Was, it was me saying goodbye to Ron. No, I love it. Uh, That's what it was. I see, I see. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was important for me. And is this yeah. the same play? Is this what you're talking about? No, I don't believe it was. It might... I, I it's don't... actually on videotape. Okay. My is... form is on videotape from the... From the um, when we had the tournament to say goodbye to Ron, it was. It was I got uh, Ronnie right here. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. I still uh, have a, the chair I won. Oh, you did? oh, I remember that. <laughs> it's it's the only chair I have in my living room. We took everything else out, so I have a dojo in my living room and my chair. And my chair is from Ron Day. Yeah, I remember what kind of chair. Was, I it's a lazy boy. Kickback, kickback, lazy boy that I watch all my TV programs in and sit in front of my fireplace. And that's what I do. I, I sit in my lazy boy for an hour and then I just add one. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Make one more hour. But yeah. that's that, <laughs> that's exactly what I do. And I've been I've had that chair since the day I won it. And I beat some pretty good martial artists to win it. Ken Talek keeps asking me, he says, how's my chair? And I, uh, said, I said, well, seeing how I won it, uh, you know. <laughs> and we have this little back and forth. Andrew and I, we... It's a uh, lot of fun. When we were up in uh, Kingston last year making a Mayor of Kingstown, the TV series, um, Kenny came by my room to have a shot of scotch. Yeah, that <laughs> was... Uh, Ken. That was one of the most interesting nights I'd ever had. Ken talked about the past and uh you know i i don't know my dad's got this buddy coming and whatever I, I didn't think much of it until he just started talking about my dad's history and stuff yeah man that was one of the coolest nights i but i just sat there and listened kind of like what i want to do right now <laughs> you know it was I, awesome I and learned, he was awesome i learned my japanese weaponry from ken oh really my bow energy yeah huh yeah he he helped give me my initial energy to it and then of course i went and trained with kubota and a few other people and i have a little more but uh, it's always important those instances that you start something or you, you you learn something new and you're given that energy like when i worked with you it's that 100 th those days you won't forget right i mean absolutely you know not. he he speaks incredibly highly of uh, that. that was it was a lot of fun and it, that's the personal energy that I'm talking about that needs to happen between a sensei and a student. It can't always be a group function. It cannot. More often, cannot. it just shouldn't be. It just, unfortunately, we have to work that way in it because there's not enough. Well, that's, that's the business. There's not enough wisdom. That's the business of you it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm with you. I mean. 
you know, it, you, you can impart so much more um, of what is real to your student when it's you and them or maybe you and a couple. I, sometimes I have little black belt classes on noon hour and uh, they always walk out of there going, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Right? You just, it's just opening cracks in people's minds. Just allow them to think Kaishin, like open mind, mm -hmm. the open mind, the open energy. Um, make them see that even doing the form that comes and flows out of me, although it's not a set form, doesn't make it any less real. Oh, I, I have a friend who lives in California. <clears throat> he was uh, David Carradine's Kung Fu trainer yeah. on the show. Um, you have to see him. What, not Master Poe? <laughs> No, not Master Paul. <laughs> but you have to see him do his martial arts. Yeah. He's one of the most flexible men I've ever met. He's an incredible weapons expert. Three-section staff, mind-blowing. Um, but his kung fu, and he calls it suf, uh, fu surfing, and he'll just start, and he just moves. And what he does, and the power that he throws with what he does in all these circles yeah. is incredible. And he's making it up as he goes. He will walk through this room and glide his hands down the wall mm -hmm. and it'll go around corners and he'll foo surf the room. Yeah, yeah, and I it's can see that. Brilliant. <laughs> and and it's all he makes it up as he goes. That's awesome. Yeah. Because but they're but he but, but he learned the math. But he's incredibly skilled. I mean he yeah. learned Yeah, he learned the basics. But that's the thing. Yeah, you, you learn a map and you, you kinda have something guiding mm -hmm. you as you do something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it was never meant to be linear and, and exactly this way. No. Martial arts was never, ever meant to be like that. You have to take everything you're taught and make it work for you. Art. It's you, art. It's, it, you're it, painting it, a picture, it, man. And it is. And it's about being able to grab the ground and being able to focus your energy and to obtain that energy comes from years of training where you're trained to grab the ground now how you do it and and, and where you do it that's a whole different ballgame that's 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 flowing martial art that's flowing kung fu for all the purpose that it, that it is um that's when your martial arts is best is when you flow with it Funakoshi only used his martial arts twice the great master Ginchen Funakoshi only ever used his martial arts twice once he was stepping from a dock to a pitching boat and he misstepped his step and managed to grab a hold of the edge of the boat with his toes and pull himself in or out. It was, I'm not sure which it was, whether he pulled himself out of the water or pulled himself into the boat, but he did it by the sheer power of his toes grabbing onto the edge which is something that we train. We constantly train our yeah, toes yeah. to grab and grab the ground and that kind of thing. And then the other time, he wished he hadn't. The other time he used his martial arts was just after the Second World War. Um, they had, their war survivors had been treated terribly, um, like losers. Um, he was accosted. Uh, the guy wanted his purse. And Funakoshi, instead of giving him his purse, grabbed a hold of his testicles and knocked him out. Okay. That was the only technique he used. The only two techniques he ever used were his toes and his t grabbing this guy's testicles and knocked him out. 
and then he kept them for the police, at which time he wished he'd have just opened his wallet and gave him some mm. money and let him go. Really? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. He. What comes first, the mind or the fist? Depends on whether you scare me or not. Hmm. If you don't give me time to have my mind react, then I'm going to react, and you're going to get the fist. Do you think that's what happened with him? I think that may have been what happened that day, yeah. I know it's happened to me. I know high, high sight. Uh, there's <clears throat> a few times in my life I wish I hadn't done what I did. Hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not a really good guy when all that comes down to it. I've done some things I wish I hadn't. And, For sure. And any martial artist uh, who went through piss and vinegar time and didn't, I'm very surprised. I'm sitting over here identifying. Yeah, it's, it, I mean. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a few people in, that I see around once in a while mm. that I'd like to apologize to. You know what? And you know what? What the hell? Even if they don't accept it, do it. Do it. Go up and say, hey, you know, I realized I shouldn't have. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, things that happened maybe yeah, 25 yeah. or 50 years 50 ago. 50 years ago, exactly. Things that well, happened in our youth. that The way you remember it, they might too, so who knows? It's hard to say. They, they may. It's always good to look back so that you don't make those mistakes Same, again. Yeah, moving forward. It's never good to live back. You've got to always step forward and live the next day as a new day, as a new energy. Well, you know, com uh, comedian, uh, there's a little off uh all the other guys we've been talking about, but comedian Bill Burr says, if you, if you are the something like, if you are the same idiot you were yesterday, then, uh, it's not working for you. And it's yeah, not working. Life yeah. Life isn't yeah. working. Yeah. For what you. are you doing? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, if you don't think you were an idiot yesterday, yeah. then you're the idiot today. Still. Exactly. You know, you gotta yeah. learn. Yeah. It, you gotta make mistakes. And, and, and you need to go through this life without affecting others badly. And I don't mean without affecting others, because you will. But you don't want to affect others badly. You don't want to give somebody who has a less than feeling about themselves even more of that feeling. You want to give them as much support as you can and as much energy as you can, because it all comes back to you in the end. What you give out, you get back. Life's a reflection. That's right. And the more strength you give others, the more strength you're giving yourself. The more energy you give to who you are inside, how you want to be, how you want to live, how you want to be, how you want to die. It's, it's, all, it's all involved. It's all very important that you live your life in that way of being so that you feel good about who you are and if you do then yeah, thing, yeah. life life moves on a whole lot easier it's it's not time, so, not so tough big time i mean i i feel badly sometimes for my son i know he's going through it right now and i just said to him i said you got to live your life as good and as much as you can and do not reflect on my life as something that you have to live up to because it's not. 
Your life is your life and you need to make it what you want to make it. Don't try to make it what your father did. It's not, it's not right. And, and do as the best job you can with your life that you can. And don't, you know, throw any blames back because they were too big a figure or they, I mean, that's just not right. It's just wrong. Yeah. Right? That's right? good advice for any, anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It, live your life to the fullest you can. Make it the best life you've got because you've only got the one. So you best make it good. Do what you can to make it fulfilled, right? Well, I always thought to myself, you know, I'm pretty good, but I am no Randy Butcher. <laughs> I, I got a T-shirt I can say. And, and I'm going to tell you this. You're not. You're Andrew Butcher. And you're good and better in some ways than he is. I, I agree with that. And, uh, and I, I, I have something to say about that. Uh, yeah, I, I, but, but it's the truth. It is the truth. The truth is simple. Grow your life, spend your life, do what you want to do for you. And yes, your dad had a great life, but you don't have to live up to what your dad did. In fact, do it better than he did and make him want to live up to you. 100%. Yeah, he's doing it. Yeah, and that's and and I get it, and that's and that's the deal. Fortunately for me, I've I've never felt that way. I never had. I never really had that. I I I love the guidance that I have. I'm I'm. But you never felt it looming over you like a a dark shadow. No, no. I mean, if if I go to set uh, to uh, coordinate a commercial, or or I'm covering them on a job, or I'm doing something, um, I certainly embody what I what I think he is, mm-hmm. you know, um, I step into his shoes and I try to think like him and, uh, whatever, but I, I, I find that's, uh, that's just learning and understanding and these kinds of things. But you still do it your way. I still, he yeah, sure, he sure yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. And that, see, that's, that's the kicker. The kicker is to fulfill your wishes, your dreams, your moral integrity, the way you need to do it. It's not about anybody else. It's all about you inside. The, and what comes from that is people like the person that's understanding and loving and caring and giving. And Yeah, I, and, I, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what I mean. Fishers, fishers <laughs> of men, and we can all be that. And, 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 and I don't mean men specifically. Fishers of human people. Sure. You know, human beings. Inuit for all that purpose goes. That's the best. That's the best term in the world. Inuit. The Inuit call themselves Inuit. What does it mean? Human being. Doesn't mean I'm something hmm. special. I'm something different. It means I'm human being. The Inuit see a polar bear as a polar bear. They see a seal as a seal. They see a human being as a human being. He is an Inuit. We are all Inuit. It's a great way to look at life. That's, I guess, I guess the First Nations understanding is, it's in me. It's how I feel about life. It's how I feel about living. It's nature. Yeah, yeah. Totally. We've lost ourselves. We have. But it's getting to that time. And I, 
uh, I think that people that are listening to this um, have are very fortunate, at least I would be, if I was listening to this, to a, a man of your martial education, um, one of the highest ranking, most educated martial artists in the country, if not anywhere, what advice would you have to anybody that is thinking now uh, about doing a martial art of any kind? Um, this is, I think this has been, an, a, for me at least, a very inspiring conversation. Um, I've learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this has been ridiculous. <laughs> He's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so much for being no, I love serious. This. I lo- no, no, please, please continue. No, I, no. I, I totally feel that <coughs> huge. I hear you. You know, a lot of people are, are, are scared of walking into a karate school. They're intimidated. Uh, whatever. You know, you have kung fu, karate, jujitsu, taekwondo. Uh, people are confused. You got any advice? Yeah, I do. Um, simple. <clears throat> go to every dojo in your area that you can possibly go to. And look and talk to every chief instructor there is. And just talk to them. Just see if what they say makes sense. Understand that a real martial artist is about real, so your instructor needs to be real. If you can't figure that out in a couple of words, conversation with him, then you have a bit of a problem. Because you will know almost immediately whether this person walks the walk and talks the talk, or whether he just talks the talk. You are going to know. So my advice is to make sure you go to all the clubs that interest you. Try all the classes. Make sure you try a full class from each instructor and spend some time talking to the head instructor. If you do those things, you will probably end up in the right school for you. The other thing is don't ever limit yourself to one thing. Uh, while I was training with Sensei Guest, I was training with Ronnie Beer, I was doing uh, Hapkido with Chuck Platten, I was doing Jiu-Jitsu, um, I was doing Aikido with the local um, cobbler. He was a Japanese guy and he did Aikido and I'd train with him at noon. I mean, do not limit yourself. Your martial art experience is your martial art experience. If a teacher loses his crap because you're going someplace else to do other things, then he shouldn't even be living in Canada. This is a free country. You can go and train with anybody you want. My advice is to train with the right people. And that takes some skill of you knowing who is the right person. Um, And the guy that's highest rank may be this or that, but if he doesn't relate to you, he's no good for you. So an instructor needs to be able to relate to you. A good instructor will relate almost immediately to you. He'll sense you coming in. He'll figure out why you're there without you even knowing it. It's, it's like an instinct. 
It's like we had when we were in the doors doing door work. You had an instinct when the guy walks through the door who you're going to have to deal with that night. How many times were you wrong? Not very. Almost every time you were right on the money, this guy is going to give us trouble before the night's out. So, you know. So, my suggestion is know people, find out through conversation, find out through their ability. You'll see that. And go someplace where you're comfortable and happy. Who you become as a martial artist is an individual path and does not tag itself to any one art. That is total crap. The reason Ron Day and I got along so great was because neither of us cared what the other did. Mm -hmm. We just cared that we did. Period. It wasn't, it wasn't about, oh, you do that stupid kung fu stuff. Oh, you do that silly karate stuff. It wasn't that. It was, we trained, we worked together, and we like real. That's the essence of martial arts. And that's what everybody should be trying to find. So, unfortunately, they listen to the hype, and they go for the guys that can look after their kids until 6 o'clock or whatever, the babysitting services where they pick up the kids and take them to... I don't do any of that. Not that it's wrong, it just... For me, it's wrong. It takes away from what we're really trying to accomplish. For me, it's wrong. For, for me, the insurance <clears> risk <throat> of having vehicles out there with my name on it and they get into an accident with kids in the car, are you kidding me? Like just that one thing all by itself is enough for me to say, nah, I'm not doing that. Agreed. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, come to my club, come and train. But see, that's just another money-making venture on their part. Oh, yeah, exactly. They, they, they make huge bucks doing it, but they're actually running an illegal childcare. Their childcare is not legal. They don't have childcare workers there, but they do look after their kids for several hours. How is it any different than childcare? Mm -hmm. right. Interesting. Well, Scott, before we do close up, you need to sign the table. Oh, yes. With the big one. Right here, right here with this. And you can sign anywhere except right in the middle. Okay. The guy who, who actually came up with the idea was the very first guy on this podcast. His name's Sean Lawrence. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was a SWAT guy out of Toronto. He chose the middle and never even signed. <laughs> he, chose he came up with the idea, and he's the only one who hasn't signed. So we left him that space. Well, this is kind of my home, so I'm just going to put this in here. Shin, Gi, Tai. Scott Hogarth. Uh, Draw a picture. You can do whatever you want. I'll just do the, just put that there. And Shin, Gi, Tai. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> the people on Spotify right now are wondering <laughs> yeah, what's wondering going what the on. Fuck's going we were just watching Scott uh, draw a, photo, uh, a picture on our on our table. Donald Duck. 
Oh, it's there you go. <laughs> okay, you drew a picture of Donald Duck, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're in trouble actually, with actually Disney. Actually, a bit like a sick duck, right? Uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, he looked like he he was at the same show you were, at, yeah, you know, smoking a little of this. That's hilarious. <laughs> I need it. Yeah, man. That's amazing. Shingi Tai means spirit and technique are one. And, and spirit and technique are, are one. one and okay and this applies to anything you do in life not just martial art but anything you do in life if you don't have the right spirit behind what you're doing you shouldn't be doing it maybe this was why muhammad ali was uh great with technique and great with wisdom oh, spectacular spectacular nice, wow. way to, nice way to frame that his his wisdom was right. was pure. I've I have his book at home. It's it's my number one coffee table book. I have the Mona Muhammad Ali. It sits right there. I have a poster of one of his win championships over Frazier. Um, but he was the greatest. Okay, now I feel like I know your answer. And again, before we go, I feel like this is a huge question that is always asked on to every martial artist or boxing fan or whoever it might be. Ali and Tyson, top of their games. Not who, a hope for Tyson. Wins? Copy. Okay. Not a hope for Tyson. Like, Tyson's okay, but he's just not the smart fighter Ali was at his prime. At Ali's prime, he never got hit. Ali could stand, literally stand in the corner and bump mm. and weave, and the guys couldn't hit him. If you can't be hit, you you're going to win. Go down. Yeah, you're going to yeah. win. Like um, when I was working with Sensei Kubota, one of the things was him whacking me with a shinai. And he just kept coming coming at me, whacking me with this bloody shinai. And eventually I learned how not to get whacked with the bloody shinai. And I for mean, those listening, the shinai is a bamboo sword. Yeah, and it, uh, and yeah. it hurts, it's a, especially when they tighten it down so it's a stick. I mean, it feels like you're totally. being beaten with a club, but... You, you you learn how to get out of there, right? You, yeah. 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 So that's the, the biggest thing is not to be hit. <laughs> okay. Very Wicked. cool. Very cool. That's awesome. We'll Scott, close it out. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Randy, can't tell you how happy I am to be here. Andrew, it's a blast. Um, like I said, I, I think of you wonderfully. Every time I think of the two of you, I smile. Love it. Thank you, Scott. I smile. The best weapon you got in life is that smile. smile. I said that on the last Yes, you did. I remember. And, and it's the truth. It's the truth. You can quell somebody so easily with a good smile. One from your heart. One that means something. Like you used to do. When you when you come to the dojo and you finish the night, yeah, you'd yeah. leave and you'd have a great big smile on your face. It was that smile that kept me coming back to teach you. It wasn't anything else. It was that smile. Well, I truly enjoyed my time. Yeah. Big time. Well, we, we got something we'll always remember, brother. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you for everything. Oh, you're very welcome. And Randy, what can I say to you except thank you? Oh, thank you. There's a, there's a world that's uh, taihan. Arigato gozaimashita. Taihan gozaimashita is the largest of thank yous. There is no bigger thank you you can give anybody. It's almost like you saved my life, but you helped me in my life. So taihan arigato gozaimashita. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. All I can say is ditto. <laughs>
Thank you, Scott. Cheers, Scott. Thank You're you. Welcome, brother. Love Got it, it Diana. Man.